بود from there what is good everybody you got to get a little uh, euro flavor a little euro pop flavor in this today today's episode uh this is your host the hostess with the mostest <laughs> uh the masapan don uh let me see we got the menudo mogul aka the stony muñoz this is your homie mario caballero in the place to be it is june 1st how are you doing everybody Welcome into episode number 53 of the Puro Caballero Show, and I'm joined here with one of my good friends here, um, Dimitri Niforos. How are you doing today? How are you guys doing? Uh, thanks for having me on, dude. I'm excited. Yeah, so I guess we got to address like the, the song to begin with, because sure. <laughs> this is not Eurovision. You did not tune into no, that today. No. So yeah. what was it? It's like Loma? Loma, so, is- Loma me Loma, and in Greece... Uh, so we have a word, you know, in America we have a word wasted. I'm wasted. Right. In Greece, you would say I'm melted. Okay. So okay, the guy okay. said he's melting while he's melted, right? Oh, okay. Uh, for this girl. And so it's a little catch. They get it going. Uh, funny thing in Greece, too, is that, you know, when a song hits it big, it hits it for a while. So when I was in, I went to Greece last summer, I went for two months. Me and my cousin, we rented a motorcycle and we were just going village to village to kind of check out our heritage. And every single bar you pop to at night, it was just that song. Greeks <laughs> love to do the repeat stuff because they don't have too much music, right? That's right, good. Right. So you got a lot of repeats, and it's it's a smash hit forever, right? Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Okay, perfect, perfect. So yeah, I just wanted to bring Dimitri on. We're gonna talk about a little little UFC, some perfect. some uh, LA culture stuff, and then just whatever whatever we really get into. Sure, sure. So I mean, like, what's new? What's going right, on with so you today? Let me <laughs> let me start with my rant for the LA. All right, let's I've do been, it. I moved here. <laughs> I moved here in November, mm. and the first thing I noticed, I'm from Chicago originally. I uh, just skipped the polar vortex for all my friends <laughs> back at home listening. And I come here. It's around Christmas time. Everyone gets in the Christmas spirit. 
but it's still suntanning weather. So I thought that was odd. And I don't think if you live below the Mason-Dixon line or in the West, you can celebrate Christmas. <laughs> you need you need snow. The the songs you sing don't make sense without the snow. They don't, That's my though. thought. They don't. So, <laughs> um, but a, a few things I noticed too was so I got a motorcycle here. Yeah. And what I will never fucking understand is that there are stoplights every a hundred yards in mm. Los Angeles. And when I see the first stop sign go green, I'll go. But if I see the second stop sign just turn red, I coast 20 to 30 miles per hour to get to the light. There's no sense. Why does every single driver feel compelled to hit the gas and then hit the brake as hard as they possibly can? I'll just never get it. It's a weird environment. Like, the driving culture here in L.A. is, like, a lot different than, like, from what I've grown up. Because I'm from, like, Northern California. So, even out there, it's a lot more relaxed, a lot more chill. Everyone here is just on their throat, like, you're just on your neck, like, they're just, like, riding your ass, like, cutting you off, like, they don't give a shit about, like, any courtesies or anything like that, they just, like, one, number one objective, get me to where I need to go to, and I think a lot of it is, like, the fact that there's so many people living, like, door to door and, like, on top of each other and shit, and there's just constantly traffic everywhere, and the public, uh, you know, um, the public systems and stuff like that are not all that great, and they're kind of, like kind of run down at certain times and it's like can be kind of sketchy for certain people to like take some public transportation oh, so God, yeah so there's like it's like a, a weird combination of factors and then it's just like i feel like a lot since la has a lot of transplants like uh from other parts of the country and other yeah. parts of the world there's like less of a sense of community between the people so it's just like you're just a random face like, you know, you're, you're somebody who might be here for two months, you know, mm. versus like if you're in like a smaller community and you cut some dude off, it's like, I'm going to see you at the grocery store tomorrow, dog. Like, what the fuck? Like, you know <laughs> yes. what I mean? So it's like it's it, people detach kind of like who's there versus like uh, like having importance for other people, I guess. It's Correct. Just, people are like more willing to kind of screw people over here than I think in other places or like kind of like not thinking about other people's ideas and uh, like how does this affect other people? It's just like, how does this affect me? Like, LA, to a certain extent, could be like a kind of a selfish place a lot of times. Oh, dude, let me tell you. That's the second part of my rant. It's so, like, okay, so I'm coming from an outside perspective. Moving to Los Angeles, and I'm not going to lie, I think everyone in America hates on Los Angeles, hates on California, right? Because they secretly want to be here. Sometimes, yeah. It's so special. Everyone talks about this Santa Monica Boulevard or fucking Malibu, right? Sunset. Come to know that Malibu's like a town of 20,000. It's like, what? It's just the beach, right? Right, um, right. When you come here, you realize all that glamour shit is so artificial, right? And kind of when people are like, oh, you know, if you go down this neighborhood at nighttime and it's rough. I grew up in a suburb of Chicago where everyone thought they were tough. That seems more dangerous than a lot of places here. Yeah. Which is surprising. Yeah. But I can understand why they say that because, so, around the Manhattan Beach area, everyone's all, like, no offense. Mm. If if you had to racially quantify everything, Los Angeles is the perfect place to do it, right? It is not diverse at all. Very, yeah, it's very segregated. L.A. is, like, people don't realize when they, like, they're like, oh, there's all kinds of people in L.A. Yes. Yeah, maybe your Uber driver's not actually, like, living next to. Right, right. They're, like, pockets of communities of different different type of ethnicities or different people, and it's, like, broken down kind of, like, even just, like, social status, like, the, the wealth line and stuff like mm-hmm. that. You could tell. Like, I initially, when I moved here, it was just like, okay, the rich people live on hills or they live by the beaches mm-hmm. most of the time. And then yes. everybody else lives, like, where they can fit in, pretty mm-hmm. much. So, um, yeah, like, there, you can tell. Like, there's 
there's a lot of black people live in certain parts of town, Mexicans live in certain parts of town, El Salvadorians live in certain parts of town, Koreans live in certain parts of town, like, uh, Japanese people live in other parts of town, Armenians, like, uh, yeah. you know. And we don't, and some of those we don't have. Chicago, look, Armenians were right. new to me. That was new to me, too. Are these people close to me? I'm from Greece. I've not been a Greek here yet. Are close to me? No, they want to stick to themselves. Um, what's the difference between El Salvadorian food and Mexican food? Because it's only 50 miles, right? The diff- Like, the actual geographical difference. Well, Mexican, like, pro- like, Mexican food varies in itself, too. So, like, depending on where you are in Mexico, you'll have different flavors and different... different um, You'll be uh, used to different type of things. So if you're in southern Mexico, the difference between that and like Honduras and El Salvador is not as much as if you're like in central Mexico or northern Mexico because the farther north you get, the more European influences that you'll have and you'll get more people who come from other cultures that will come into uh, contact with. Like for instance, one of the big um, cultures that actually had a lot, a big impact in like the culinary, um, like... uh, uh, like the different cuisines that you have, like there are like actually the Turks, believe it or not. Really, there was a lot of Turks who came to Mexico in like the turn of the century, like 1900s, like or late 1800s, like early okay. 1900s, and they brought kind of like the kebab style of like cutting meats and stuff like that. So, it, like the spit and everything. So, if you see somebody like ordering like al pastor tacos. Like, you'll see, like, they'll have the pork meat up on, like, a spit. Yeah. And they'll cut oh, it that way. Dude, that that's where it comes from. Okay, that's I where love it comes that. from. Okay. Yeah. And, like, a lot of the different breads and stuff like that actually comes from, like, the French and okay. sometimes of the German, too. Like, they actually came over here. Uh, so, like, you'll have, like, a lot of weird influences like that. S- the Spanish came. They, they, you know, dominated a lot of the culture, yeah, like, in Mexico. Course. And they kind of blended it with, like, kind of the, the, the native cultures there. But it varies depending on which different state or which region you're in, too. So if you go farther south, you'll have more people who are more... And, like, if you're more coastal, you have more people that might eat, like, plantains or things of that nature. And, like, Salvadorian food, they're, like, kind of known for, like, their pupusas and things of that, um, um, which are, like, um, you know, it's kind of, like... It's kind of hard to describe a pupusa if somebody who hasn't had one, but it's, like, uh, it's like a circular kind of dough patty that has like filled with like meats and like cheeses and sometimes it'll have they'll put like uh cabbage and like uh di- other different vegetables on top with like salsa and stuff like yeah. that. That's like one of their main dishes that they're kind of known for and the Salvadorian community in LA has like only been growing and growing and growing. Uh part of the reason why is because there was a small pocket of community that lived here. Uh, and they started their own like MS13 gang. That, oh, beautiful! I like that. Yeah. <laughs> so I've, I've kind of I've talked to people who have like uh, you know lived in that area like where they grew up because it's like just south of Koreatown. It's called like Pico Union, like kind I've of. I've heard district. of that place. Yes. So that that area is like known as like the the hotbed for like a lot of like the Central Americans that came to to, to LA. So a lot of them live there. The Mexican gangs, 18th Street Gang, apparently was like the big dominant gang at the time, and they were like. Uh, um, you know, kind of controlling that whole area, and so the the Salvadorians kind of you know came together and were like, we got to protect ourselves. So they created MS13. What happened was is they got a lot of them got locked up. You know, they got arrested by like the U.S. Uh, you know, like the feds or like the local um, uh, police department, LAPD. And what they did is like in the late '80s, they had a whole program where they were actually late '80s, early '90s, they were. Um, deporting a lot of them and they were taking them all on planes and sending them right back down there. Okay. Uh, but what ended up happening was 
because LA is such a like crazy gang culture and it's really violent. Which I have not seen, by the way. And I used to work right all the time. So in in like the more ghetto areas, it can't. Ghetto in quotations. I'll, Go I'll, ahead, I'll say it can be like some of the people can be ruthless. But if you if you keep your nose clean, if you don't like you know step into that world, like yeah. you're pretty fine. That's what I thought. For the yeah. most part, you're you're pretty fine because I've. I've done pretty well here in my nine nine years living here in LA. Um, you just you know don't make friends with like shady characters type of things. Of and, like, you know what I mean? Like just kind of like keep be on your p's and q's. But what happened is like they kind of learned the street culture from like the black games and the Mexican games that were here, right? So they were like they, they each were like you know how it is. Like if uh, if somebody brings violence to you, you got to go a step above it and a step higher and a step higher sure, and a step higher. Yeah. Things escalate. So they were on like a level ten, right? Thinking like invi- working in this environment, but they get moved back to El Salvador, and El Salvador's on a level two. So then these people are like ruthless, like killers, and sometimes because they're from level two. Well, no, because they're at level ten, but then oh, they go sorry. they go yeah, down yeah, go to ahead. level two, right? And then they bring that same culture as if it was level ten. Oh, so, so America's a problem. No. So America, <laughs> well, America deported these people, and then. Um, they started MS-13 over there, and MS-13 became, like, crazy big, and almost to the point where there's generations of, like, young men that are, like, have been martyred just because a lot of them were, like, caught up in, like, the gang cultures yeah. and street gangs, and you get retaliations and things of that nature. So what that happens is it creates a situation where people don't want to live in El Salvador anymore, even the people who, like, grew up there and lived, like, their yeah, whole lives are there. Yeah, it's a rough place nowadays, yeah. Yeah, ahead. so it's, it's, it's tough now. So then what happens is that creates a migrant push for people to leave, and then where do they want to go? The land of milk and honey, America. So they come here, and so then we kind of get the, the, the migrant crisis that we've kind of had now, and that's kind of been happening for the last, like, 10, 20 years. So, sure. So it's kind of like a weird cycle of, like, all right, there's, like, bad stuff here, but let's, like, push it elsewhere, or no, I should say I should preface that beforehand because they've uh, the U.S. has had like intervention interventionist policies in Latin America where they'll like put a dictator in place just because they know that they'll be friendlier to like the the, the economic like uh, um, like for the for the, the like their economy will help America like right. American businesses will come yeah, down. Yeah, it's and good stuff. diplomacy. Yeah, right. So they do that. But what happens is is sometimes it's very violent and it could be disruptive and it's not necessarily what the people want. So that's kind of what happened in Latin America and Central America in the 80s, early 80s. So then you get all these people who leave there because of that. They come to America. Then they get in the gang culture. Then the MS-13 begins. They deport the MS-13. They come there. And then their gang is now in... El Salvador versus yeah. it started here in I, LA. I'm not going to lie. I never knew that. <laughs> I always thought the gangs originated there and came here. But that makes a lot of sense, actually, that they... they America right. melting pots them, and then we export the culture back. I kind of love that. <laughs> it's, idea. it's such a fucking uh, weird st- history that like this, this um, shit happens though. And then another thing about Los Angeles too, and this is kind of just moving here. Everyone talks about it as a land of opportunity, right? Where th- big things happen. Yeah. And great. Maybe it does for like the one point one percent. But when I came here, what I noticed was everyone has a side hustle, and I'm not just yes. talking about selling drugs. I'm talking about like, the the most obscure shit. Let me kind of clarify this every podcast. Mm. I used to work for Lyft. Actually, we just saw Lyft go down forty percent of the stock market, so my job has been discontinued. But I used <laughs> to take rides with Ubers for free. Mm. All throughout Los Angeles to try to recruit Uber drivers to go to Lyft. Yeah, Lyft recruiter. Sneaky. Right? 
And I talked to this girl recently that works for Uber. I was like, do you know about this shit? She goes, I never even fucking heard about it. Like, I want to report you to my manager. To wow. Okay. I was like, right. Hold off. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't but, put my name like, in Don't there. put my name out there. Uh, but, um, put me on blast. <laughs> everyone had a side job. And it wasn't necessarily illegal. Some of it was gray zone stuff. Where, yeah. like, you know, back in Illinois, because I feel like because it's so cold, you go to work. You hope your car starts when you get out of work. You drive <laughs> home. Your happy ass sits and watch. Like, I think we have something called in Illinois cuddling season. And when I <laughs> yeah. say that in California, people are like, what the fuck is that? I, I know what that is. Okay, yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's real. I, I My question is, and I, okay, even since I've been here, I've been motivated mm. for the side hustle stuff. I think it has something to do with the weather. What do you think? It has to do with the weather. It's just kind of ingrained in the culture, too, because a lot of people, they move to L.A. with ideas of, like, stardom and, like, trying to make it big Which or things like happens. that. Yeah. It's very rare. It's, like, tough. It's tough as fuck. But people, you know, give it a shot, right? So they give it a chance. So a lot of people, they'll take, uh, like, a lot of times, if you talk to your waiter and you ask them, like, at a restaurant, you ask them, like, oh, what else do you do? Like, cause I'm an actress. Exactly. Yeah. Like, you get that. No, you, you ain't. Get, you get no, you that. you fucking ain't. It's like, what, what have you been in? Right, what have you been in? Because now I'm, I'm going to get rent. I've been drinking... What do I have? Two drinks, so <laughs> legally I'm drunk. Um, what qualifies you to call yourself an actor or actress? Like, what do I have to be in? Because I feel like everyone's an actor or actress. I'm an Instagram model. You have a thousand fucking followers, bitch. Right. Chill out. Exactly. A lot of people, this is the thing, it's like, LA is kind of a, like the land of like being superficial as oh, fuck. Oh, dude. Yeah. And I can't wait to get into that. Go ahead. Right? So, um, as far as like the acting thing, I would say uh, as long as you're actually trying to apply a craft and you're not somebody who's just like waiting around and like just like waiting for somebody to notice you you know what i mean like if you're if you're like a really hot looking chick and you're just like showing up to like popular places just to be like waiting for somebody to put you on and not putting the effort to do it then you're not you're not an actress or an actor like if you're somebody who's actually going to auditions if you're somebody who might you don't even have to have an agent but if you're even just trying to do small things here or there if you're you know just Actively applying your craft. If you're actually trying to do do that thing and you're actually, um, you know, taking the steps to get there, I would consider you an actor. Like, for instance, one of my roommates, my, my roommate David, um, like, he he acts, but, like, he doesn't do it, like, as consistently because he doesn't get work, right? So you got to, like, yeah. know people. But, um, like, he's worked on smaller projects and, like, you know, little, little small things. Like, because there's, besides acting, there's producers directors like everybody everything in like the the film industry like there's people who are trying to like get into that and so because the technology is kind of sped up to the point where like you kind of like diy a lot of stuff it's gotten like even more competitive just because people are doing their own thing and so like uh like you'll get somebody who will write their own like individual script maybe they'll get some funding for it and they'll get like 10 20 actors that are like um, like, you know, look, you know, smaller, smaller scale actors that they don't have to like pay like as yeah. much and stuff like that. And so people are willing to not get properly compensated for the, as long as they're able to get like work done and then kind of get their name out there. So if like, like there's people who, who don't get paid for as much as maybe like on the outside you think like, oh dog, you're getting screwed here. Yeah. But what that does is like you gotta gotta take the loss at the short term to kind of try to get the gain in the long term and just get your name out there because a lot of time exposure is a lot more important than actually like being profitable. Sure. Which is like a fucked but, up like mentality to kind of have at times. And then what that creates is it creates a, a class of people who are struggling and broke. Yes. And then you gotta have the haves and the have-nots, right? And so like the have-nots 
or the or the the not the people who haven't had the opportunity yet they try to get in bad with the people who already have had that opportunity so you get you see a lot of people be superficial yeah because they they don't want to get on anybody's bad side they want to be on everybody's good side, right? And they and they act like they're a ten when they're like a fucking six. Yeah. Which is a mega issue I've seen. And I, <laughs> I hate this concept of like okay, you're always growing up, especially in college. Networking is so important. And I tried to make it put an accent because what the fuck does that possibly mean? <laughs> I'll explain something. Let me tell you my networking. This is my version of networking. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Recently I was with this chica and she was the fucking personal assistant to Jordan Balfour. That right. motherfucker that was played by Leonardo DiCaprio, the right? Wolf, uh, the Wolf, of, Wall Wolf Street. of Wall Street. Wolf yep. of Wall Street. Me talking to her to eventually talk to him, that's networking. Right, right. You going to a fucking party and some guy giving you like, oh, I'm going to be a Hollywood producer one day and you talking up. That's not fucking networking. That guy <laughs> can't do nothing for you. And if he could, he would have already done it for his fucking friends. Who the fuck are you, bitch? Right. And, and let's say this right. for the guys too because there is some... If you meet a guy, okay, if you meet a girl actor and she's hot, you know the role she plays, right? She makes a Tinder profile. Mm. All it says is follow me on this IG. You know the yes, game. I understand yes, it. Yes. I get it. Good for you. Yeah. Um, Bumble, whatever you want. That's great. Because when in Chicago, when you go on Tinder, no one does that. Because that's creepy. Dude, Why would you add me on my fucking social media right I- now? I'm working on a comedy bit about that. <laughs> Thank about you. My, my Tinder experiences. Yeah. And it's like, you, you, you fucking looking for fame, right? Yeah, bitch? No, no, no. <laughs> you looking for love? You, like, you, came here, you came here and desecrated this app called Tinder? No. Right, man. It's, but, it's um, crazy. You're looking for fans, not fucking fuck buddies. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Oh, and, shit. Um, <laughs> it's just. Oh, shit. This is, this is what I don't understand. Uh,. And, and everyone's going, and what I did, actually, I did something interesting on Tinder recently, because I'm like, I'm fucking looking at all these girls, every girl in almost half the girls in Los Angeles, every picture is them half naked, every single one. It's like, what's your fucking mind about, though, right? I always try mm. to match with the ones that actually, like, had normal pictures. Right. But what I wanted to do, curiously, I was like, I wonder how the guys represent themselves here. So, because I'm super gay, folks, I went to <laughs> interested in men as well to see what men's yeah. profiles look sure, like, sure, sure, right? Sure, just sure. to kind of get an idea. And even the guys are fu- half the guys are like, "Yo, follow me on fucking IG, buff muscles everywhere." So it's it's the whole fuck, it's the whole thing. It's superficial. I can't everywhere. even talk shit about just one group. Um, it is superficial for everyone. Like, uh, yeah, because the guys act like all douchey and they like they try to act like they're they're too cool for school. And yes. like the, how they know everything, they have the world figured out. When in reality, like they don't. And a lot of times, they they get like they're dealing with their own demons inside, yes. but they don't express it. Like like you could see a guy, and he you can be like, oh, what's up, dude? Like and just think nothing of it. But then deep down inside, you you realize this dude is like like fucking OCD, and like he's got like manic depression mm. and shit like that. And and it's like. And the, like the, the the thing with like working in like Hollywood and that kind of like realm of things, where like the music industry, like the film industry, and things of that nature, where it's, it's based off of like certain gatekeepers. So you have to like be like yeah, you gotta suck this guy's dick. Exactly. No, I'm just I'm just Metaphorically, you gotta suck a lot of dick, Dude, right? You gotta so. be so you gotta be so fit. Here's my issue with Californians, yeah. and let me t- please let me talk shit, and you stop me when I get too far. Cause I right. always get too far. Go okay. for it. People come here, they turn into what. And this is just a subculture. There's hardworking people in Los Angeles. Yeah. Especially the Hispanic community. I live in Hawthorne where it's like 90% Hispanic. Right. Holy shit, it feels like home. There's like normal people. There's normal people. Just you normal go to people. a restaurant, it's normal price. You get food that fills you up. Holy shit. Yeah. Wonderful like life. Normal shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but, but this is for the people that live. And you know what? I hate 
in Los Angeles. North of the 10? No, I'll explain. Yeah. No, no, exactly, when they talk like that. Oh, this street and this street, my friends back home listen to this, they don't know what the fuck that is. Okay, guys, look at a map. Look at a map of Los Angeles. Yep. North, west, that whole thing. That, yeah. Put your hand over that. That's, Santa Monica. That's what we're talking about. Westwood, Brentwood, yeah. yeah. The, the only time you don't get superficial, but maybe like kind of whitewash rich, is the coast west. Yeah. But they don't, no one from fucking Manhattan Beach talks shit. Okay. Right. They just let it be. They have their own. They have like their wealth through other things that sometimes are outside of. Oh, like, money, that. baby. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. And, and the central part is where all the black people live. Yeah. And then the outskirts is where the Hispanics live. And then if you go super north past the mountains, because there's mountains, it's where the Asians live. Right? Did I get it figured out? There's pockets of Asian communities that live in the city itself too, like well, like Koreatown and Chinatown. Yeah, Koreatown, Chinatown. There's like little Tokyo area. There, like that's actually kind of like on the west side of town. That's like more towards. Okay, more, I went there once. Yeah, you you really feel like you're in uh, Beijing, <laughs> but but it's only like a couple blocks though. It's not like yeah. very big. There's a lot of Asian community that lives in the South Bay too as well. Um, like if you go to Torrance. Uh, Gardena, those type of areas. Yeah. Like, there, there's there's pockets there, too. I would say that is the most mm. diverse area. Yeah. And that's south, that's south of South Central LA, folks, for you guys to understand. That's probably yeah. the most diverse area. Um, yeah, I've talked about the South Bay before in the past. Like, a lo- the South Bay honestly reminds me a lot of, like, Stockton growing up. Because Stockton, really? Stockton is, like, a random place where, uh, like, in Northern California, just south of Sacramento... Uh, inland from the Bay Area, so it's the Central Valley, so it's like a traditionally agricultural rich area, so that's generally where a lot of people have, like, made their money and, like, mark that way, so there's been, it's attracted a lot of different type of, like, cultures of people, so I had, like, a lot of Italians, a lot of Portuguese people that I knew growing up. Okay, yes, you're telling me, yeah. There's, but then there's also, like, a lot of Filipinos, a lot of Mexicans, and then more recently, there's been a lot more like uh, like Syrian or like uh, Pakistani or um, there's a lot more Muslim communities that live up in like that area now. They, they're, they're kind of the newer the newer uh, breed of people who've come there. Yeah. But I've always been used to kind of like a diverse like group of friends. Like I would have like a Japanese friend, a Chinese friend, a, a, a Filipino friend, a couple of black friends, a bunch of Mexican friends, and like a bunch of white friends and shit. Like a bunch of different. Dude, no. you're fucking cultured, yeah. bro. No. <laughs> so it's like, I'm kind of used to that just to being like, uh, you know, I guess from, from my background, like I kind of went from, because uh, I was pretty smart as like a kid. So I got into like this program called like Gifted and Talented Education. They call it GATE. So there was like, okay. gate, they had GATE classes and then there were certain GATE schools. So my mom and my dad, they both uh, worked really hard to try to make sure that I was able to go to those schools where it was like, all the curriculum was like kind of on like a higher level than like the yeah. traditional public schools. So, um, I was always just there with other people who also kind of worked into that program, and it just it was just a diverse people, just group of people. And so I was always kind of used to like, you know, hanging out with these people, hanging out with those people, or whatever, and just not thinking anything of it. And you come here, and it's a little bit different, where there is a lot of different type of people, kind of what we're saying, but they're kind of like parceled out a little bit. Like they don't they don't mingle amongst each no. other as much too and it doesn't and you know if you think about it too it doesn't really make sense for them too because the way los angeles is structured and i love government right that's why i got my master's in public administration not that it fucking mattered <laughs> you know let's let's get a disclosure everyone you know I, I always rant i always rant to everyone i know before you go to a four-year university university i want you to figure out how much it's going to cost you i want you to figure out the size of that loan 
and then I want you to look up what you want to be, what the average salary is, okay? And then just assume that you're going to do the average because we know half you cannot talk your way up to a good salary. <laughs> and then I want you to see, could your salary in two years pay off your student loans? If no, you are in a cycle. I heard I was hearing recently student loan debt. The in, When I graduated, this was 2000. When I, My last loan was checked out. Paid off my loans, by the way. Yeah, hate on me. You're a right? better man yeah, than I I'm am. About, <laughs> You're a better me. man than I but, am. But I was living. I was living. It was eight guys in a five bedroom apartment, and we went to it. They call them directional schools in Illinois, mm. Northern Illinois. Okay. Where the tuition was five thousand a semester, mm. and then if the housing, it was eight guys because I used to be part of the jujitsu team in college. Gotcha. It was eight guys in a five bedroom, so some of us would bunk up. The rent was as low as, and I didn't understand the real world. My rent. Now, obviously, I made every, I ran the house when I was doing it, so I made everyone pay for the utilities. Gotcha. So I gotcha. didn't really pay for anything. I just paid for the my room that I was sharing mm-hmm. was $120 a month. Holy rent. fuck. And I <laughs> thought the real world, I thought the real world was that cheap. And I was like, oh I was like why is everyone bitching? It's a fucking, oh it's like $100 God. a month. Okay, I got to share a room. That kind of sucks. But come on, man. It's not that bad. Holy and then I come fuck. out here, and then like in an okay neighborhood, Hawthorne, a studio, at the best price you can find it, over $1,000. So I woke up to the real world a little bit different. Yep. And um, and there's reasons why I'm looking at Nevada right now. Nevada's probably the best state for your fucking money, folks. Um, well, I always say that joke, right? If you made $100,000 in California and Nevada... Oh, and you're you, keeping way more of that no, in Nevada. If, if you live in Nevada, and let's say you have a gambling problem where you gamble away $12,000 a year, you would still make more money in Nevada. Especially because Nevada has this weird law now where you could write off your attack, your gambling losses as mm. if you never made them so they'll never mm. even tax you on the loss really yeah just because they want people to go into the casinos well because the they know if you put yeah. that money in gambling it already went to the state baby you know what i'm saying they're, they're winning anyways right but um oh what the fuck was i gonna go with this yeah so my here's my disclosure too if you got a 10 percent, i was thinking about this, if you got a 10 percent interest rate and you want a hundred thousand dollars from school i'm doing the math right right that's ten thousand dollars a year mm. and if you have it on 30 years you're paying more interest yeah. Than you are, and I yeah. know kids are graduating with more than if the average is forty thousand. There's gotta be some motherfuckers with over a hundred thousand dollars in debt. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I was lucky, so I went to a, a private Catholic college in Loyola Marymount University. Give it a shout. What's it called? Loyola Marymount is, University. Where is that at? It's uh, it's near LAX actually, so it's not far from where we where where we were. It's Mara Vista. Um, it's like it's called Westchester. It's like oh, area. I know exactly. It's where. like right okay, off. Yes. It's like right off of uh, PCH Lincoln, right mm. there. Um, you can drive it if we literally if you take uh, PCH just north past LAX, you'll you'll drive past it. It'll be on your exactly, right. It'll be yes. your right hand side. Um, so I went to that school for four years, and um, I actually got like scholarships and tuition assistance that covered half of my tuition. Oh wow! And okay. I and even still, I was still paying like uh, ten to fifteen a semester. So it's like fucking that shit adds up like crazy. So. Yeah. Um, I've been paying it off so like slowly and steadily, but because I've kind of worked the manipulated the system a little bit where I've been like kind of in and out of different, between different jobs at certain points. Mm. And there's been, uh, times where like, I'm like, shit, I can't make this payment. So what you could do is you can apply for like, um, um, uh, I can't remember like the specific term, but basically you're like on an economic hardship, just like a, a situation happened. Sure. So it you, can never be forgiven, though, right? It can only be postponed. Exactly. So okay, I just got—I've got yeah. gotten my stuff like postponed. Like my my shit right now is currently postponed. So it, they can postpone it for like six months at a With time. With interest accumulated or no? Sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. I think right now my mine are are not accumulating okay. interest. So um, prior 
like it's accumulated just like when it's like normally have gone on but yes. like once you have it like postponed then it doesn't but right now my my stuff's postponed because like um I was in between jobs like last December, right? Yeah. So I applied for it. They gave me six months. So now I have like probably until the end of this month or like maybe the beginning of the next month until I have to like start paying those 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 loans back again. But I've done this about like three or four different times since okay. I since I graduated. And I graduated You're a little 20, hustler, dude. I graduated in twenty fourteen. So I'm like twenty fourteen. Okay, ten years or five years ago, yeah. Yeah, so I'm like, shit, I gotta pay rent and shit mm-hmm. like that. I gotta fucking do everything else too. So you figure out little different ways to kinda get by that way but um but yeah like yeah it is crazy like (laughs) for me it was it was so insane because like my whole mentality when i was like in high school was just like i gotta get the fuck out of here like i gotta get out of stockton because there's like i i seen like the path of like the different people who've like stuck around and it's just like you're completely limited and it's just like there's not much to do the the one thing that was like the draw about being in Stockton is you're close enough to the Bay Area where you can kind of commute or it's Sacramento mm. area. And How stuff far like that. Stockton from like San Fran- San Francisco? Um, about an hour and a half to like two and a half. Oh, hours. it is that far. Okay, got so it. like it, it depends. It depends on traffic and a lot of other stuff too, like when you're going. But uh, yeah. So my dad, for instance, he would commute to the east part of the Bay Area, so it's like not quite as into like San Francisco. Yeah. Um, and he would do that. He had a couple different jobs that he would do that too. And there's like a, a, a lot of commu- uh, people who have moved outside of the Bay into like parts, like, you know, the, the kind of the areas yeah. around there because like the housing is way cheaper and like the, you know, uh, cost of living generally is a lot less and they're still, they're willing to put up for like an hour or two, um, each way to kind of like, yeah. uh, you know, make ends meet. And, and so, uh, that was kind of a, like a lot of the big attraction of kind of sticking around there. But a lot of the issues recently in the last 10 years is just like everything just keeps going up and up and up in the Bay Area. So like some people would be like, okay, maybe I'll I'll move to Dublin or move to Livermore or... Um, Dude, I thought you said Dublin. I thought you were fucking talking about Ireland. Not Ireland. Bro, no. break There's it another down. one. There's going to be some one. Illinoisans listening to this. <laughs> I'll be like, There's a city in California called Dublin, folks. There's a city called Pittsburgh in California, oh, okay. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, like, so there's a lot of different, like, cities like that, too. But uh, Lodi, there's a Lodi in, in New Jersey. There's a Lodi in, like, there's a Lodi somewhere else, too. There's, like, three other Lodi's. But oh, okay. There, there's, like, a lot of different cities like that that have double names. But anyway, so you live... If, if you think that you can live and still kind of make it there, like, the pricing and everything is just being even Too much. more crazy and ridiculous. Like, if you want to live in San Francisco itself, like, you have to be making, like... I don't know. Like, to live comfortably over, like, 200000 Okay. Like, 150000 like Jesus, Like, dude. it's fucking crazy. Just because, like... They have little dilapidated houses that are like in like Palo Alto or like Silicon Valley, San Jose area, yeah. stuff like that, that are worth like two, three million dollars. It's just crazy. It's just fucking. And they insane. probably have bed bugs, just to fucking. Yeah, like honestly, like they're not the best kept places, but just because of the area and the location, like if you just held, if you bought that house like forty years ago, like you fucking, you could sell the house and become like a millionaire. Yeah, like, just think about that. And, like, and that's what I was thinking too. Yeah. Let's say. Let's say you're kind of an improvised family, but you own a house in Inglewood, especially mm-hmm. with all the development going on right now. Yes. You could sell that house and buy a mansion in Texas. Yes. And yes. Uh, that's that's what's crazy. That's another kind of... I have so many issues with Los Angeles. I'm sorry. It's just the city <laughs> is too big. Mm-hmm. Everyone you meet is kind of like me. They're like a transplant of some sort, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes they come for business. Sometimes they just come here. And what's easily going to happen, you can see it, because the World Cup's coming. The Olympics is coming. And... Uh, 
What other dumb fucking sport do people play? I forgot. Maybe the Super Bowl one day. <laughs> Anyways, that'll so, eventually come. That'll eventually they have come. a new, they have a new stadium. They have a new stadium exactly. Yeah. Where, because there's nowhere to build, because mountains surround the whole kind of valley. Yep. They're just gonna tear down the poor places, build them up. Right. It's been kind of like slowly but steadily. That's kind of happening through gentrification. Yeah. So it's like, um, like for instance, like one of the a couple of the places that I've seen a lot of growth happen in LA since I've been here because I've been here nine years. Yeah. When I first moved here, somebody told me that like you have to be here ten years before you can call yourself a local. Sure. So I'm all. I guess I'm on the cusp. You're like, almost, yeah, I'm almost fucking year, there. Year, I get yeah. like a medal or some shit like that. Like <laughs> I don't fucking know. Like I made it for that long, which yeah. is a lot of people like. They fucking they get into the they get into the red and then like they have to go back home like a lot of people do that. Oh, dude, yeah, and I can see exactly why. Right, because you come from this. You let's say you come from fucking Kentucky. Mm. Your rent was like five hundred. I don't know what the rent is over there. It's probably way less. You come over here, it's five hundred. You realize this. You realize yeah. the tax. You realize this. You're a fucking barista at Starbucks. You got it. You want to pay for a drink at the bar? And it's like it's like eight nine dollars or dude, something like and, that. And yeah. Los Angeles is the only like place I beer. know. <clears throat> Explain me this. So in Los Angeles, they have cool rooftop bars. Mm-hmm. One day I was going out with this girl. We went to the Perch in downtown. And a cranberry cocktail, my choice of, my choice of drink, <laughs> is, is $11, which is nice. You go to some bummy area in Santa Monica, no view, $15. Yes. And it's in, in what the fuck? The pr- yeah, exactly. So... But yeah, so but but you get but what happens is like you'll go out with like some friends and stuff like that, and then like you end up looking at the bill at the end of your night, and you're like, "What the fuck?" There goes half my paycheck, and yes. I just went out one night in this whole yeah. month. Like it doesn't make sense. Like, but like you get a lot of that, and you get people who just like don't manage their money well, and they they try to. The other thing too is like because there's so many, there are people who are like affluent, and there is certain wealth. There is, yes. People always are competing with each other, so they don't want to show that they aren't, they don't have that. Yeah. So you will put some people will put themselves in debt just to be superficial and give that the, is, the the no image. No offense, right? guys. I, I'm not going to be PC here. That is retarded. Okay. <laughs> it's so and, dumb. No, it's, it's so dumb. And, and I like the competition so aspect. I think that's yeah. great. That makes people work harder. But I've seen what you're talking about, right? Right. Like, I'm going to show off, dude. I was. When I was doing the motorcycle class recently, right? We were doing motorcycles. I was talking to this kid, and he's like, yeah, you know, I don't know what I can afford, but I got a Hummer. I was like, oh, shit, like, what's your job? He's like, oh, you know, I work six months out of the year. I was like, I was like, do you talk about, like, I'm a huge, you know me pretty well. I'm huge on investing. I'm huge on turning money into more money. And in Los Angeles, dude, it's like, it doesn't matter how much you have in the bank account. It matters how much you have to show. A lot of you know times, I mean? yeah. It's it's not like how much you have, but how much you could possibly have later. You could, yeah. Yeah. Like, look how much. And then fucking, I just, like. Everybody, oh. like, the, and then the people here, too, try to be crazy about, like, oh, I'm going vegan. I'm only eating vegan and shit like yeah. that. And I'm just like, that's cool and all, but that fucking arugula salad costs you $15. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck, okay, yo? Every, every, like, time, every time I've walked into, I, I, yo, man. Two, two ex-girlfriends before, I had a, a girlfriend that was vegan, right? Yeah. I swear to fucking God, every vegan place you walk into where the play, prices are reasonable, mm. the portion size Tiny. is a snack. Right. Like, it is such a fuck around, dude. And, and guys, let's not argue with medical science, okay? Your ancestors have been eating meat for hundreds of thousands of years, especially if you're a native we're, we're of the new world. We're you, omnivores. <laughs> there, there's cannibalism occurring, right? You've been eating that, that human too. too yeah. for thousands of years because of lack of protein. It's Okay. You can eat a little meat. It's good for you. You need at least 50 grams of protein to function. I right. promise you, you're not going to get that from a salad. 
It's just like what type of protein you use too, because like the thing is that that you could get that you can get into the cycle here, which I did too. Like when you're not making that much money, you end up being stuck with like buying shit food. Yeah. And then when you buy shit food, you get into a bad health. Yeah. When you get into bad health, you can get into some like bad mental health, like which yes. happened to me, because like I've had like times where I'm just like really like down in the dumps and like like low-key like depressed at times and i'm just like sad about myself but like uh and and then yeah so like you're buying fucking taco bell mcdonald's and like you're going to 7-eleven to eat the fucking chicken wings and shit like that just because it's dirt cheap and that's all you can like afford at the time and then and then you feel like shitty about yourself and then you're compare also in la people compare themselves amongst other people so Which then, is rough to do in a place where there's some really fucking rich people trying to show off. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. So you're like, damn, I'd like to buy a bottle at this club or whatever like that. But like, I don't have five hundred dollars to blow for, uh, basically three drinks. That's that I'm gonna the get, dumbest shit know? I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah, and so like shit, like you end up getting kind of caught in that rat race. That's kind of dumb. So that's the last couple couple years since I've lived here. I've kind of tried to as much as I can remove myself from that or like journey. If I dabble in it, I try to do it like, you know, sparingly or try to be yeah. like healthy with it and stuff. And also like my family's Mexican. Like we're pretty frugal shit like that. sometimes. No, good, so like, like that. so sometimes we'll, we'll, we'll like, we're like, man, fuck no, we're just going to drink at home and shit like that and stuff like, so I'm not as like opposed to like cooking for myself or like, you know, uh, you know, pre pre a lot of times that's the thing. Pre gaming is a big thing here too. <laughs> I love be- that. Yeah, yeah, because when people want to go out, they want to be seen in a place where they might meet people, but they also want to be like you know have a good time and like maybe get a little tipsy, right? Yeah. So you get a lot of people. They kind of like the life hack is just fucking get tipsy at home, man. Yes. You know, and then maybe you get one or two drinks at the bar instead of going eight drinks at the bar, and then there's your paycheck. So yeah, it's it's it, finito. And the last yeah. thing I'll talk about Los Angeles so we go to our next topic that was very unique to me was homelessness. Yes. And yeah. doing the Uber job, I loved working downtown because in there is a block in downtown Los Angeles where it's, no offense, it's a third world country. Yeah. It's, there's tents outside of buildings that look destroyed and worn out. Tent city. And, and it's called Skid Row. And hmm. what I looked up was it was called Skid Row before all the homeless moved in. But now that the homeless moved in, the name is fitting. Where literally it's our own community. I have a lawyer friend in downtown Los Angeles. He explained to me there is a self-governing aspect to how many homeless people there are in that part of downtown. It's east downtown. Um, and it is just tense. I always do Ubers. Because the art district is mm. a very, I mean, the most hipster place in fucking America, folks. Yeah, it's one of them. And it's surrounded <laughs> yeah. by a river on one side. And then Hispanic community on the other side of the river. That's and then, East L.A. That's East that's L.A. You get over. Boyle the, Heights, all that yeah. area. Yeah. And then the rest is just homelessness, viciously. Mm. And uh, that was shocking to me. What was shocking, too, is you see homeless people in Chicago very rarely because it's so cold they probably die. But um, they kind of bother you more. Where in Los Angeles, mm. even though they bother you, there's so many. They will be sleeping on the fucking street. Like, in the middle of the street, everyone just walks over them, ignoring. They kind of they do their thing. Yeah. And yeah. uh, it's it's amazing to see a lot of it is mental health. Oh, mm-hmm. dude, I, I watched a guy. I watched a fucking guy fight a brick building once, and the brick building <laughs> one one yeah. one pretty easily. When the guy started just fucking, I, I mean, right hooks from hell, You're like two piece like, in the soda. Dude, he gave him a two piece in the soda. <laughs> the building said "fuck you," and there went your fucking you know fists. And oh, then I saw a shit. Sure. You ever seen those videos online where like? Someone's so hefted up on drugs, they're making movements you've never seen in your life. Yeah, I was in the art district once, yeah, and I saw a chick just spazzing out literally two feet in front of me. And I was like, 
I was even fucking. I was a like, holy fuck. Yeah. Um, that was kind of an eye opener too, and uh, it is just. It is just a fucking... Now I understand... It's a, it's a different type of thing. It's a different thing, thing yeah. and it's like, even though the weather's nice, the weather does attract... Yes. ...not-so-nice things. Yes. Oh, look at me, I'm awful. But <laughs> Well, I mean, it's true, though, because if you look at other places, like, where I grew up, like, we would go out to San Francisco, like, on for, like, a weekend trip. Which I heard is like, the worst homeless problem ever, right? The worst, yeah. dude. You're, like, walking around San Francisco, and you're just fucking smelling piss, and, like, you're yeah. stepping over these bums and shit like that, and you see them, some some people you see them fucking strung out, other people you see them fucking, you know, like, uh, uh, shooting up and shit like that, just dude. in the corner, like, and you're just like, what the fuck is this? But then you walk into the building, and it's like... Uh, thirty five hundred a month to rent the apartment yeah. that lives that's right there, like in the city. It's just like, how does that compute and how does that make sense? Um, but like you see that a lot here, like the the homeless culture. It's kind of like that that whole area. It's it's funny because I guess we're talking about gentrification and stuff like sure, that before. Yeah. Downtown has been one of the biggest areas of, uh, that I've seen that's gentrification in the that's last what ten all years. The so downtown, when I first got here, it was mostly just like financial district. Staples Center was right there, and there was like not a lot of restaurants or bars that were there. So Staples Center, they built the LA Live area, so they yes, have a lot of the like the west side of downtown. We're talking about now. right, yeah. right. So this is more yeah closer to like the the one ten uh, or excuse me yeah the one ten and like the the ten exchange yeah. where that where that kind of happens. Now, really, California, we start talking about the freeways and shit. Yeah, the sorry, 10, yes. the 105, the 405. Like, Guys, it's just, it's just big roads. That's <laughs> all it is. It ain't shit. Yeah, <laughs> ex- exactly. It's just fucking, it's interstates. It's yeah, just like, it. basically. So, when you're over in that area, like, that was pretty pretty much it. So, they started building out a lot of, uh, the, the hotels got built. A lot of the uh, apartments that got built there, mm. it became like kind of like an artsy fartsy type of area yes. and stuff to live in. And so people are living in these lofts, and like there's actually a lot more businesses that have like kind of like made like uh, satellite offices and stuff there. So there's like business buildings. So um, a lot of the restaurants have grown there. There's been a lot more, a shit ton more bars and like options to actually for people to live there. Yes. Previously, that area was like almost like a food desert. Like, I don't know if you know the concept of what a food desert is. There's nothing, yeah. there's no real grocery store within a mileage of the neighborhood, exactly. right? Exactly. Yes. Now yeah. they have a Whole Foods and they have, like, everything there. It, it's, like, insane. But what you've kind of seen is you've kind of seen kind of the vagrant homeless community kind of get pushed over, like, to the edges of it. Yes. So they've been kind of pushed, uh, like, they pushed west into, like, MacArthur Park area, which has already had its own problems and yeah. stuff, and it was already kind of low income. So, and then into Koreatown, Pico Union area, they've pushed south into over here, like where we live, kind of just south of downtown. Uh, like, I guess they call it, they rebranded it. It's not South Central anymore. It's oh, it's so- South LA. South LA. When I looked at the Google <laughs> yeah. Maps, I was, when I first moved yeah. here, I was like, yeah. okay guys, because I had an ex-girlfriend at the time that lived by the downtown area, and mm-hmm. I lived in Hawthorne, so I always had to pass South Central. That's why I work that route all yeah, the time. Yeah. And I would look on the map all the time. Where is South fucking Central? <laughs> I don't see it on the map. It's just like made up. And then I looked it up. They changed. They rebranded it to South LA because yep. that fixes everything, right? Once you give it a new just name, exactly. Um, exactly. And South LA too. It's just like yeah, actually the most, the more, the most scared I felt 
was mm. not. I think I was telling you one day. Wasn't in South Central. It was in Crenshaw neighborhood, like north of Inglewood. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Talk about being the only white guy for at least fucking five <laughs> miles. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just like, that, that's like tr- that's like traditionally has been like the black like one of the the black staple black communities. In yeah. like uh In L. A. But um. But basically, in downtown to get back over there. Sure. Sure. Go ahead. Good. They push them east as well too, and yeah. so I've seen like. So very slowly over the years, kind of like block by block by block, where more white people, history people, have gotten a little bit more comfortable and pushed it a little bit farther east, a little bit farther east, a little bit farther east. Where before it was like Main Street was the main, was like the one where it's like you don't want to go anywhere east of that because yes, it, it okay. depends there. Now it's kind of like Los Angeles Avenue is kind of like where it's like a block or two over um, anything east of that you don't really want to see. But even like the last year or two, I've seen more of the apartment complexes go up over there and I've seen some of the, the, the housing prices kind of increase and like more people are moving there. So like they're pushing people even farther east into like mm. the Skid Row kind of area. And it's like, it's so weird. Like a couple weekends ago, I was just like drove around downtown. I wanted to go get like a breakfast burrito and I found a spot that was like had a good review. So I was like, let me just go try it. Sure. Ended up being like kind of like a, a like a hipster ass like breakfast burrito spot. Oh, God, but... fucking, yeah. And the portions are little as hell. That's what always drives me nuts. It actually wasn't that bad. Oh, but okay, it, was, it was a little pricey, but it wasn't that sure. bad. But I like stuck around. I was like, yeah, I'm downtown. Let me just go walk around for a little bit. So I walked like north all the way into like uh, like the little Japantown area that yeah. they have over there. And, uh, um, and then I kind of walked around because there's a... There's a like a flea market, open air mall type of area called Santee Alley. That that's pretty cool. That I like. You know, they they sell like uh, they have like a little fruit like food vendors, and they'll have people selling clothes and different knick snacks and shit like that. And so every once in a while, I'll go over there. So I, I kind of like did a loop where I went like north a little bit and then came back down south. But I went too far east, and so I got into kind of the edge of Skid Row and oh, shit I like see, that. Yeah. And I was just like, oh fuck! Like I need to keep. I need to walk back west like a little bit more. And, like, uh, I can't even remember what I'm fucking, the reason why I brought that up. But, like, basically, it's just, like, it's so weird because, like, there's, like, a lot of, like, you know, like, middle class, whatever, people mm. shopping. Sometimes there'll be some stores that are, like, look kind, kind of bougie and shit like that. Yeah. I went into, like, a couple sneaker stores where they're reselling, like, vintage sneakers for, like, sometimes, like, 700 to, like, $1,500, depending, so about, yeah. depending on how, like, exclusive the sneakers are and shit like that. You walk two blocks east, and then there's a dude wearing... No sneakers. <laughs> no, I know. You know what I mean? and, and you know what? So. Let, let's get a little political here. And let, let me. What I also fucking hate is, and, and every person you talk to in Los Angeles goes, "Oh, gentrification! It's such a terrible thing!" And this and that. You can't bitch about the city, but then bitch about gentrification because at the end of the day, what's happening too is there's a cleanup occurring, right? When things get expensive, yeah, right. Like, and not to say rich people have their own fucking fucked up shit, right? You know what I'm saying? They obviously do. But there's a cleanup that's going to occur, right? If all of Los Angeles looks like Manhattan Beach, yeah, it's a nice place then. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or like uh, like Melrose and shit like that. Yeah, so it's and it's bound to happen. This place is very nice, mm. especially the uh, the weather wise, right? Right. And it's like, where are these people going to get pushed to? I have no clue, but they can't go to the mountains, so something has to fucking happen. But they, there was this recent thing that I uh, when a city gets too much homeless people, city councils have been caught where they. They buy buses. They rent out buses. They fiddle the homeless people in. Mm-hmm. They ship them a one-way ticket somewhere. They just kind of confuse them. People always ask, how the fuck they get them on the buses? The yeah. government conspiracy comes out? Absolutely not. <laughs> people have mental disorders. It's kind of easy to trick them into the bus. They ship them out. Give them a couple food vouchers exactly. or something like that. Yeah. And they leave them somewhere else for someone else. There's a lot of people who have like put the conspiracy theories about how 
other communities in other parts of the country have sent their homeless people here. I believe it. You know what I mean? I instantly believe it. I, t- literally today, we were driving to the bar to go see the, the Ch- UEFA Champions League final. Sure. Um, out in Pasadena, and we're driving on the freeway, and like right before we got on the freeway, we saw some like two homeless dudes who po- popped up out of their tent, and they were throwing like a little football around and stuff like oh, okay. that. Okay. One dude didn't have a shirt on. He had a fucking tattoo of Illinois on his back. Really? A fat outline of Illinois. Dude, and we're like, what the fuck? Dude, he how'd, hikes, you, bro. how'd you get here? He hikes, bro. He he got uh, his little uh, like I don't know what they call it, satchel. Yeah, the and the he, he did Route sixty six on the stick Could or whatever. <laughs> he started in Route sixty six. He got to Los. Oh my god! He got the Santa Monica Pier, then went a little bit back. Dude, so I was funny. like, what the fuck? I was like, how'd you get here? I was like, literally today. Like literally today, I was thinking of that shit. But uh, but it's true though. The one issue I will say is like, as long as you if you bring if the new people, there's always gonna be changed and things are never always gonna be the same of how oh, it always course, was right yeah. the, the the only constant in life is change in my book mm-hmm. so like you either get with it or you get lost right mm-hmm. so the only problem i have with like the the fact that certain communities are gentrifying is uh, a lot of them disregard the history of where that place was prior they don't have like a respect for it as sure. much so like that's the only thing here one other place that i saw a lot of gentrification happen is venice beach actually um, Venice Beach, when I first moved out here, it was known for, like, the boardwalk and, like, kind of be really sketchy. Oh, like, God, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was known as, like, the, the ghetto by the beach is yeah. what it was. And there was a lot of, like, black community, Hispanic community, even, like, like lower-income white communities that live out there and stuff yes. like that, too. And so they had, like, a lot of, like, smaller houses and stuff. Within the last 10 years or so, that place is like, completely shifted and it feels like Santa Monica South. Like it used yes. to, it used to be a, a big big difference between the two. There was it, it, it's changed so much that there's people who are willing to buy a property in Venice, literally knock the whole fucking house down, and then build a whole yeah. new house up well, on, yeah, on that but property. Here's, here's what the interesting like, thing about Venice was, and I looked at the history of it. That was where, and part of my PC culture, guys, I'm not up with it. I know I should be following it. Like, Cauliflower recently got racist this week, right? We'll make sure to bring that up. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, but Venice was where they stuck all the Jews when Los Angeles was first developing. Mm. That was where they stuck all the Jews, right? Okay. And I forgot why, but it had something to do with kind of the location. It was not valued at the time. Because when Los Angeles was a small city, who cared about it if you were by the ocean? Right. Right. And then the Jews worked their way up, and then they got the fuck out. This is where minorities moved in, mm-hmm. and now the white people are trying to come back and kind of redo it but at the end of the day i think venice has its own unique culture because when you walk that boardwalk i have like, these spiritual people waiting to tell my fortune right for like yeah, 10 bucks yeah so uh it's a wild place yeah it's it's different for sure uh venice was one of the places i used to hang out like kind of not like yeah not you know semi-regularly just because my school was not like it was like right there it was like yeah. like 10 minute drive away marina del rey and all that stuff um and I have some buddies that like live there and or have used to live there and stuff. So I would go visit them all the time. So I kind of like would see like what would happen. I had one friend, particular friend of mine, who like lived right there on the boardwalk, and like he fucking would just have like just random homeless people just like you know chilling Dude, outside and stuff like that. Living on the boardwalk <laughs> is the most stupidest, expensivest. <laughs> he made it work though. He made it he work because he lived in like a tiny loft, but he like retrofitted it. So like he made like. Uh, um, uh, uh, fucking like a raised area for him to like sleep. So like, oh, I see. So he like he built his own like little like like cabin area where he just like climbs up and yeah. just like, sleeps up there. And then he ended up having a roommate, and he built another one on the other side That's too. So, so, funny, yeah. so he had like so it was just like walking around here, and then, but he was also like he's like a skateboarder too, 
And so he would skateboard like the Venice Beach Boardwalk like almost every day. Um, and he's like sponsored by a couple people now, and like he he gives lessons and stuff like that. I haven't shout out to the homie Brooks, man. I, like I need to get you on this fucking show. Uh, I haven't I haven't kicked it with him in a minute though. We were talking about maybe about like a couple like a month ago or something like that, but um, we need to catch up. But uh, anyway, like I used to go and kick it with him all the time. We would go out and party and shit like that, and and yeah, it's like it's like a changing culture. I've like met people who've like seen it like grown up in it and stuff like that too yeah. there's like one particular house on the boardwalk that like a friend of mine he was, he was telling me we we're walking past and he was like dude this place that you see that it's all boarded up and stuff it used to be like a hub for like the the shoreline crib or not was it the shoreline crips um there was a certain set of like the the crips that used to like run that whole like house and they, it was, see, it was like, yeah. a party house it was a trap house so like they were selling drugs out of it they were fucking rowdy like fucking playing music and just like being pretty disruptive just like doing whatever the fuck they want to and it, it was like pretty crazy but that place has like been boarded up like the police have like stomped them out and shit like that and and a lot of the 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 poor like uh like black community has been like priced out of venice beach so like yeah. the presence of like the the crip neighborhoods and stuff like that has been like really lessened and lessened and stuff like that which is like if you're somebody who's, like, neutral from the outside, you're like, all right, fine, like, less gangs and stuff like that. But if you're somebody who's maybe, uh, like, a family member or, like, tied to that shit and like that, like, and maybe you're, you're not violent yourself, like, maybe you might see, the, like, the downfall of it because maybe your family has to move and shit like that and you got to uproot your... You know what I mean? So, like, it's very controversial in terms of, like, how you talk about it and stuff like that because there can be good things that happen from it there can be bad things that happen. So it's like, um, yeah, it's like, it's like a hit or miss... Like, one thing is, like, a lot of, like, the, the restaurants that I like that are pretty cheap have, like, gone out of business. Yeah, now because, they're all the fucking, yeah. So, it gets a lot of bougie places and stuff like that, um, which I'm kind of upset about, like, um, yeah, and then, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's, there's pluses and minuses to everything, so. Of course, no, let me, let yeah. me switch it up, because we got it. Los Angeles yeah. fucking sucks dick, but a good dick, that's what I like about it. <laughs> um. Mario, let me ask you a question. What's the most, and this is what I hit my Tinder bitches with, right? What is the most awkward first date you've ever been on? Um, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't go on too many dates, man. Like, my love life is kind of shit. It's kind of really shit. It's kind of been shit. But I, th- I yeah. think your profile is good, though. I've well, checked I, this guy's profile. He's good. Ladies, that. get at him. I appreciate Jesus. that. Hit me He's up. He's a comedian. Hit me up. He's a comedian. You girls, oh my God, I want a guy that can laugh and go on adventures with. <laughs> Jesus Christ. They don't really want that. They, they don't just, want that. They really don't really want that. If I can tell you, I'm gonna, ladies, I'm giving you advice. If you say, I love going on adventures, you and the whole fucking world. I've yet to see people that said, I like staying at home. Fuck adventures. I, I'm like still waiting for that one. So I could be like, wow, you're the only one. You know what I mean? Like... That's so funny. I have seen people say, like, I'm just the whole body and shit like that. <laughs> or, like, I just like to watch Netflix and hang yeah, out. Yeah, okay, there you go. Yeah, 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 a little so bit of that. I've seen some of that, though. But, uh, but yeah, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it, it, I find it tough, man, because, like, I'm, I connect with, like, it's hard for me to be attracted to you unless, like, like I connect with you, like, on a, um, uh, emotional and, like, uh, um, kind of, uh, um, mental level, I guess, is what it sure. is. Like, you know? Like, I gotta see, like, if, like, what the fuck you're about, like, before I can, like, 
be willing to kind of chase you type of thing. That makes sense, yeah. But the thing is with here in LA, it's so hard to find it, like actually find that out with people because they're so upfront and they're like less willing to like be open and sharing to people. Mm. It's such a big city that there's so many fucking weirdos that I kind of understand why I like people are like that. But like for me, it's like, it's kind of difficult. Like people, it's harder for people to be real with you out here. Yeah, no, I see what you're saying. Even though San Francisco and the Bay Area, Oakland, like San Jose, those type of areas are like, can be very bougie. A lot of people are a lot more like the culture is like just to be more upfront with you than it is down here. Yes, so absolutely. like there's a different there's like a disconnect kind of sometimes uh, between like expectation levels and stuff like that. Even you know what's so funny to me? I was like talking to some friends of mine. Uh, one of my old Asian friends who used to live here. This used to be his room. My boy David Chow. Um, he was down here a couple weeks ago, and we we're talking about how like the Asian people in the Bay Area versus Asian people in Southern California. It's different. Really? The Asian okay. people in the Bay are like, we'll, we'll bust your balls and like, you know, let you know what's up. Yeah. Out here, they're more like stuck. Uh, sometimes it could feel like they sometimes can be stuck up kind of to themselves and just like uh, less willing to mingle with people outside of like their culture. Yeah, much, I see what you're you know, saying. You know what I mean? So like they're kind of very to themselves. When I used to live in Koreatown, like I kind of like felt that a little bit as well too, where like you'd go into some of these Korean businesses and they would kind of like act like like you don't belong here. Yeah, you're like, like whoa, what are you doing, buddy? <laughs> there was one time like I was with uh, my roommate at the time who was like a six five black dude. Uh, okay. And it was me and like another one of our white friends, right? Yeah. And we're like, oh, we're looking for some place to eat. And he had previously gone to like a Korean barbecue restaurant. Or like just like a, I don't even know if it was a KBBQ restaurant, just a Korean restaurant that uh, he went with his Korean friend, right? Because um, he was like an artist, so he had like a lot of connections with different people, um, different types of people. So he was like, oh, I, I, like I've tried this place, let's go in here, because we were just walking around. And we're just like, all right, cool, cool, let's, let's just try yeah. it. And then we walk in there, and like, it's just like all Korean folks that are just yeah. in there, which is fine. Like, I'm used to the being... The menus in Korean, you're like, I thought this was America. No, <laughs> Regardless, I don't even give a shit. Like, yeah. I'm used to being, like, the only type of person, like, who looks like me in a certain sure. area. Like, I don't He's Latino, fuck. folks, for all yeah. you guys want to know. God. Exactly. It's for all your friends yeah. and shit. Like, they, the, the fucking title of the show is half in Spanish. So Thank the fuck you. Are you? <laughs> so, um, but, yeah. So, there's... It was, like, all Korean folks that were in there, which is, like, fine. But then we're standing, like, waiting to get seated and, like, talk to, like, a, a waiter. And it was 20 minutes goes by and not one person yeah. talked to us the whole you time. You didn't get the hint, bro? They wanted you to dip. Ex- no. <laughs> we did eventually. <laughs> we were, like, halfway, like, drunk, too. Yeah, so, yeah, we just, like, walking around. So, we're, like, all right, fuck this place. We walked next door and went to this place called Beer Belly, which I recommend. This is a really good spot okay. in Koreatown. Um, there's, their sandwiches are really fucking good. They have good beer there, too. Um... But, uh, but yeah, so we ended up leaving and shit like that. And then we we're like, man, what the fuck happened? And he was just like, oh, I guess I, he explained, he was like, oh, last time I went with my Korean friend, he was speaking to them in Korean and stuff like that. So it was like, I guess they're more like used to having that. And, yeah. and you know, as long as you have like kind of a gateway to get into like that kind of shit. I feel like LA is kind of like that a little bit where there's so much, there's so much shit happening all the time that like, that you would not even like know about or like, like. Uh, know to look for yeah that you kind of need somebody to be a guide and kind of like introduce you to like a lot of the different subcultures that kind of happen here um for a lot of different things i myself am like really big into like music it, uh, and so i'm into different type of like subgenres and stuff like that so there's like a like here you can go out every single night of the week if you really wanted to oh of course like and go Absolutely. go to a different show and listen to different type of stuff being played but 
one night, man, I want to go see a house show. I'm like, all right, cool. So I ended up finding a couple different like uh, um, like party crews that kind of throw like consistent events and stuff like that. So I get on their RSVP list, their email list, and stuff like that. So now, okay, now I'm kind of in that culture, right? All right, I like hip hop a lot too. So I'm like, all right, when's the next hip hop show is coming up? So you kind of get in the same kind of route that yeah. way too. I'm a uh, fan of like a lot of different type of Latin music, and more recently, I like I didn't explore this when I first got here. But there's I'm, some Latin fucking clubs. There's dude, some yeah. really cool Latin clubs, yeah. and like I've seen them. Yeah, cool little vibes, and you see people like do live performances. Some people DJ and whatnot, and so like you can kind of see like the different things. But if you don't know what to look for, you you might not never notice it. Like, exactly. Type of thing. So Especially Latino clubs. I went yeah. across the street, and at 2 in the morning, I'll just hear music. I'll be like, what the hell? They don't publicize it, though. It's like you just got to know about it. Right, right, right. That's a key feature of it all. Yeah, so there's a lot of places like that. There's, like, weird different after hours, like, warehouse parties and stuff like that that'll yeah. go till 5 in the morning that, like, if you don't know somebody there or if you, if you don't get an invite, you, you, you just would never know it existed. Exactly. I've partied at, like, so many random different warehouses some of them gotten raided by the cops. Some of them have What do they do? Okay, let's say, you, the let's say you have a warehouse. There's like over 100 people and then the cops come. How do they handle that? I'm always curious. They just come in with their flashlights, say, hey, everybody, you just kind of need to leave. You need to leave now. We need to end this okay. party. And then most of the, the party goers, they'll leave. Sometimes they'll, they'll go against the people who throw the parties. Okay. You know what I mean? So those are the people who'll be punished or the people who own the property, you know, That'll be the issue. Sometimes they're selling alcohol illegally after yeah. hours. Um, I, yeah, there's certain places where you can go and you can get like a fucking beer for two dollars, where it's just like in three in the morning. But like okay. you, you have to like be cool about it, and you can't like it's it's like a really unique type of shit. Like there's this one after hours that we go to at LA Live uh, because my roommate VJ. I think we've talked about this on this show, but like my roommate VJ, he he's a, a server at a um, at Yard House as like his day job, right? Yeah. But his video production is like his like main goal, so that's kind of like what's paying the bills. So he'll work there. Sometimes he'll work the late shifts. People who work in the service industry don't get off until like they're, if they're closing till like after two a.m. Oh, a lot I of believe times, it. right? Yeah. So a lot of the bars are closed. So what ends up happening is like uh, a lot of people just want to hang out and maybe have a drink or two just to you know relax and just let off some steam. There's this one guy uh, in particular. His name's Donnie. If you guys follow me on Instagram, you might have seen him. Follow me at Puro Caballero. Uh, what's your what's your IG at the Greek God? Well, the last Greek God. <laughs> the last Greek God. All one word, folks. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Follow us. But uh, anyway, so there's this one good dude named Donnie who throws this after hours in a parking lot across the street from like freaking uh, uh, where LA Live is at. Okay. And it starts probably around like midnight, one a.m. And he'll get his van. He'll have beers. He'll have drinks and everything just set up. And he'll sell you two drinks for five dollars. Wow, like, okay. Cheap as fuck. Super illegal though, right? Super illegal. Got it. But the thing is, he will set up, I've DJed at this place, like we'll set okay. up speakers and there's a taco truck, there's a hibachi truck, and there's like a chicken wing truck, like all right there, like yeah. outside, just for people who leave the clubs and shit like that, right? So we'll set up right there sometimes and just, uh, it's like super low key, it's super low key about it, but um, it seems kind of sketch, but... The fact of the matter is, there's like all businesses within like a, a two block radius, yeah. so no one's complaining really. Oh, I right? see. Right, okay. So we can kind of like be a little bit more upfront about it than than normal. So a lot of people they get off work, 
they end up going to Donnie's and they have a couple drinks and they hang out and shit like that. And so, um, and then maybe you meet some like randoms who end up like leaving the conga room or they leave LA live, like a, from like a basketball game or whatever. It's like random people just end up over there and, uh, it's kind of like unregulated and shit. So like little pockets and shit like that happen, like pretty consistently. So like people kind of, you know, get in where they fit in here in LA, which like, it's kind of its own, it's own, yeah, it's its own thing. But uh, it kind of differs and it kind of varies there. But I need to take a piss real quick. Please take a piss. Dude, pause it. Go I'm ahead. Pause it. <sighs> All right, we're back. We're back now. So I guess we're, we're talk- talking about like little pockets in their own kind of communities and self. And Southern California is one thing that I noticed. It has a really big popular like jujitsu community. Correct. Like yes. there's a lot of people here who pr- are practitioners and who have like are uh, uh, like um, there's a lot of. Uh, um, gyms especially in the south bay there's like yeah, a lot that's where jiu-jitsu originate this is what i was told by brazilians yeah <laughs> because if, if you're a brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioner your side job is uh lifter uber and so you always walk in you always end it with obrigado right they just yeah, love yeah. that shit obrigado, and obrigado. Uh, you always ask if they're from sao paulo because there's a 90 percent chance they're all from the same city yeah but um yeah they said it originated in torrance Mm-hmm. And then it made its way throughout the South Bay. The Gracies. Yeah. And Jiu-Jitsu is huge here. You can also tell because the price tag. The average Jiu-Jitsu gym in America is 100-something. Or in Illinois is 100-something. The average Jiu-Jitsu gym in South Bay or Southern California is 200-something. Mm. And it's the same shit, guys. All you're doing is rolling with men. You know what I mean? Gotcha, so, <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Um, but, yeah. and uh, When it comes to Jiu-Jitsu in California, obviously it's the highest level. I do Nogi. I do it without the traditional... Mm. Just rash guard? Yeah, I don't, I try to go shirtless, dude, because that's how a fight would be. You know what I mean? Okay, okay. Uh, not a lot of people are into that. Yeah. And, and, if, <laughs> and no offense, too. So in, in Illinois, we have this thing, I've told you about it, where, like, we have the Brazilians, and then we have, like, the Americans slash Europeans, right? Gotcha. And you go to a tournament, and the Brazilian coach is always yelling at his team in Portuguese, right? He even makes the Americans learn Portuguese, right? <laughs> and, and I was always against that shit, so I was with, was with the Bulgarians being Greek. Yeah. So we were we were always walking to tournaments like, oh, God, I hope I get partnered with a fucking Brazilian. I just want to kick his ass. <laughs> There's, like, such a very friendly but not so friendly ethnic rivalry. Gotcha, Where gotcha, here, gotcha. it's all Brazilians. I can't even, I, I, I've checked out a few gyms. Very rarely did I not find a Brazilian leading it. Gotcha. Um, yeah, there's a lot of Brazilian like uh, coaches and trainers that are like out here. That's what I've noticed. Uh, as somebody who has never practiced myself and has only kind of been on the outside, kind of like as as somebody who's been a fan of MMA and seen how like jujitsu such a big principle of it. Yeah, I've kind of like in the last few years kind of learned the history of like kind of the, the how it's grown up in the culture and how important it is actually as like a tenant of MMA. Oh God, yeah. yeah. If you don't know jujitsu, it's fucking over. It's, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you better knock that motherfucker out. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like it's pretty or much your, it. Your wrestling better be so good you never put on your back. That exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. You but gotta be the too, aggressor. And let me talk shit because I love talking shit. Like, but if all you do is gi jujitsu with the white, it's usually white. Mm. Kind of, I, I like to call it a very thick dress. You're not that good at fighting because if you know how to grab the gi, you can control and win every fight. But mm. in a fight, you can't grab the guy's fucking shirt because it's shirtless in those MMA fights. From what I've heard from like Rogan and stuff like that, the sure. one application where that happens is if you're in like if you're wearing an overcoat. Like, oh sure. Like like in a cold area. Great, like but if, if you're, you're fighting, fighting in Los Angeles, you're fighting in LA. <laughs> the, the only way you the only time they wear overcoats is when it gets 
barely cold enough oh, to really? do it. Oh, and like okay. people who wear winter winter shit out here, it's just like so fucking hilarious. That it's drives just, like, me nuts. Yeah, it, 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 it low key drives me nuts too. Where it's just like. It's fucking 72 degrees outside. Why do you have a leather jacket well, there's on? There's a breeze. <laughs> yeah, I will admit, so though, at, at its coldest, when you go by the ocean with the Pacific winds, that it does. is a little chilly. That does get you chilly. You, especially on a motorcycle, you're going 40, you're like, holy fuck, I'm freezing right now. Yeah, it can get chilly. It can get chilly by the beach, because I've, I've been blessed enough to have like lived in different parts of town and stuff, both like here, like more inland, and, and like by, by the water. Yeah. Anytime you're by the water, it's like it's it, always colder. It could, it could be like five to ten degrees colder, depend than than it is like in uh, LA proper. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I guess. Okay, but continue though. Sure. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I've been doing jiu-jitsu since I was. I used to, you know, you know what got me and all my friends inspired in fighting is actually kind of a funny story. So, we, you know, when kids like we were like thirteen and we would always like wrestle and fuck around, but mm-hmm. we didn't know what the fuck we were doing. Right. And then one day, one of my friends bought the first UFC game that ever came out. Maybe not ever, but it was 2009. Forrest Griffin was on the cover. Yeah. And this fucking kid, uh, he learned. He's my best friend still to this day. He learned what a guillotine was. You know that, like, underarm choke? Yep. And he went to wrestle us because we're kids. We're, like, 13. And he put and you he in a guillotine. He put everyone in a fucking guillotine. He killed everyone. And we're like, what the fuck is that, dude? What, what magic is this? And all my friends were so curious Mm. That we all bought the game, we were all learning, but I took like a very special interest into learning it. Gotcha. And and that's what kind of started me. And then we'd fuck around, and then I kind of dropped it, and then I entered college. Mm. And then my college had a jiu-jitsu team, I was like, let me fuck around with this. That's really rare. It's really good for two Really reasons. rare that your college is a jiu-jitsu team. Three, like. <laughs> three rare qualities about it. First, the kids were killers. That's the most rarest thing. It wasn't a bunch of pussies, okay. which you will see most jiu-jitsu gyms. Second, mm. the school paid for everything. Mm. The competitions... The practices, oh. which ended up fucking me because five years of doing free jujitsu, I'm not going to pay some motherfucker to roll with, right? That's true. And then yeah. the third one was uh, I, was, I was able to be captain of it, and we were able to win state titles, right? And that was the most phenomenal thing. A bunch of, because you imagine a bunch of twenty year olds, and from that, <laughs> uh, we all hung out after we got, we all rented a house together, we all did these things. So I hate to say, fucking kids are like. Every year, at the end of jiu-jitsu season, all the seniors would start crying, jiu-jitsu changed my life. Okay, I was never that guy, <laughs> even though I did it for five years. Right. Right, because I did it throughout undergrad and graduate. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, I was still like, holy shit, this is a great experience, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and I would say the coolest thing about jiu-jitsu I've ever experienced was, um, I went to Greece. When I went to Greece last summer, and I was so bored at the last month. I was staying at a very mountainside village, 2,000 people. Mm-hmm. And the town next to it had 500 people. I was so fucking bored. I was like, I'm going to go to my uncle in the big city. I went there. I went to the top MMA gym. And I was whooping everyone's fucking... I walked in there all cocky <laughs> with my fucking... And my Greek's good, but you can tell I'm foreign. And I was like, give me your best guy. I'll kick his ass. And even though their stand-up was better than mine, they could do nothing on the ground. And what mm. I didn't realize was, in America, you have the perfect blend of... An Americans teach you how to wrestle. Where we're the best at wrestling, right? Other than like maybe a Cuban or a Russian, right? Russian. That's only Cubans, in, that's yeah. only in parts of those places, though, right? Yeah, Does that makes sense. Like just within their system, exactly. Right? Yeah. And you get to learn jujitsu from a Brazilian. Mm. I learned it from a Bulgarian guy. Gotcha. My good friend. He's always in my corners. I'm always in his corners. Mm. Uh, your ground game as an American, even if you're subpar, let's say you're a mediocre fighter, mm-hmm. you're getting tough from the best. It's almost like getting. T- Taught Taekwondo from the guy from Korea. I'm just sorry. It just always yeah. comes out better some way. Right. Right. Um, or sa- was, Sambo from like Japan. Or Sambo or, from, or, or, Sambo's from Russia. 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 Russia yeah. has Sambo, right? Uh, yeah. And Sambo's a good good technique too to mm-hmm. have. 
But when you're learning these ground things from from the ethnicities that it came from, right? There's this cultural element, but there's this element of like, hey, like my lineage kind of comes from this shit. That's what I can teach you better. Right. When you go to other places, especially like Europe, where the whole folk, in all of Europe, and this is what I two things I like, and I'm actually having my next fight. Maybe my next fight, I might do a fight before that. I'm gonna get back into it soon. Is in 2020 in the summer, I'm going to Greece, and I'm gonna fight on the Greek national MMA team, okay. amateur. Gotcha, gotcha. Because uh, in, in Europe, they don't have enough to do huge shows. Mm-hmm. So they get their top amateur squad, and they go to another country. Last year, they went to Spain. Oh, I don't know okay. what they're going to do this year. Okay, but the okay. Greek guy talked to me. He goes, dude, your ground game? Fuck. Like, we will really... <laughs> yeah. like, like, we'll trick Bring a motherfucker. Yeah. We'll trick a motherfucker. <laughs> like, tell me next time you're coming to Greece. Because he, he's one of the top gyms in Greece. Gotcha, gotcha, he's like, gotcha. Like, he's like, we'll fucking set someone up. I was looking at the weight classes, though. They're different. So I was, mm. you got to be very careful. They're not like the lightweight, weather, featherweight. They go by kilograms, and the kilograms don't translate too well. Gotcha. So it's not it's Like one... every seven or eight pounds or so? So to or... explain, so we have 155, but they're always going to give you a weight allowance of 156 because right. of the weight scales. That's lightweight. In Europe, it's not 156. It's 152. Mm. Now, I hate people are like, it's four pounds really a difference. I weigh 185 pounds right now. I fight at 155. When you're dropping 30 pounds, yeah. 34, yeah. that's actually what kills you. It's like death right that's there. That's death. Yeah. So the next weight class is like 167, which is Walter Ooh. weight, which sounds more, It's not, I could do it easy. Might not be the biggest guy in the world. But guys are bigger than you dropping down to that, Yes. Right? Yeah. But the weight, the weight cut methods in Europe are not that good. Mm. They're not that talented. Uh, I was blessed in my last... Oh, God, look at me. I'm blessed. Jesus Christ. Sorry, <laughs> folks, for that lingo. My last this, fight this camp... Dude, this dude's uh, fucking Max Holloway yeah, over I'm here. Gonna, I'm gonna oh, <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah. So, so at my last fight camp, I went, to this, oh, I went to this private on Sunday where they had all the top amateur fighters from my state kind of train with this guy's house. He's like, he's super rich in construction. He has his own... He has two houses in the country. One of the houses is converted to an MMA gym. I was there. And I was talking with one of the guys it's like who, a benefactor kind of type fuck of guy. Yeah. yeah. And one of the guys there, he interned with the UFC in, jo- in Lockhart. I forgot his first name. John Lockhart. John Lockhart, yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, he was their weight cut. He was Joe in, Lockhart? John, Joe, John, John Lockhart. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Someone look him up. But, I'll look um, it up. I'll look it up. He was, uh, he was the intern for the weight cutting division. And he broke it down to me what the new things are, what the bullshit is. So when I wake up, I, I, I do it just like the professionals do it, right? Gotcha, um, when gotcha. you go to Europe, they're still at like, yo, put a fucking trash bag up and start running in circles. That's not going to do any good for you. That's fucking you up gotcha. for the long run. Uh, and, and plus, too, in Europe, too, they have less, I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing, but there's much more less sanctions, right? In amateur MMA now, you can't knee, you can't elbow. Uh, there's a lot of special rules. You know how John Jones really did that uh, stomp to the knee? Yeah. That look, you can't even do that anymore because it's so fucking effective. They said it's cheating. In Europe? No, in America. Oh, just in America? Yeah. Okay. And in some states, God bless not Illinois or California, you got to wear headgear when you do MMA. Which I'm gonna argue with you, headgear is more dangerous than no headgear, and I'll explain why. When I take off my side vision mm-hmm. and I can't see the punch coming, that's the punch that knocks me out. It's a punch you that's don't true. see that knocks you out. That's true. Because if you can understand the impact, your body can brace for it. If I don't see an impact coming at me. That's why you watch all these fucking videos of these loons. You, you you watch fighting, you always ask yourself, why aren't they knocking each other out so quick? Every time I watch a fucking video from a world star, the guy gets knocked out in one hit. Right. If you don't see a punch coming, it takes very little to actually turn your lights off. Because your body didn't register it. True. Or your mind didn't. True, true. Uh, so headgear actually increases the chances of you getting knocked the fuck out. It also, from what I've heard, is it increases like the more... 
uh, repetitive blows that you get because because there's a little bit of protection. Yes. You get a lot more like smaller, shorter hits yes. as opposed to maybe like one punch that will like KO you, right? Yes. Now let's say that right. headgear comes out half an inch mm-hmm. and the guy hits you and he barely hits you. You just absorbed the hit that if you didn't have it, he would have never hit you, right? And now right. it's not even practicing your game because you're not understanding because you're like, is half an inch really matter at the highest level, even at the medium level? Mm-hmm. Fuck. Some super guys are thing. so good at making sure it's only mm-hmm. half an inch. It's just, I just never seen the point of head gear. And it's like, oh, but I'm trying to protect myself. How about you tell your partner, don't fucking blast me. Yeah. <laughs> me and my brother. My, my brother's been another one training partner, right? Yeah. And we play fight. Mm-hmm. And then one of us hits the other one hard. And the other one goes hard. Then we're in a full... Fr- we yeah. hit the gun in wars. <laughs> I've, I've never... If you look at all my disfigure, I have my broken nose. Both my ears are popped from scar. Yeah. A left eyebrow. This guy fucking punches <laughs> like a truck. I promise you. Him going to wars with me in practice never made me a better fighter. Does that make sense? It yeah. never does. Yeah. Do you need a few of those to know how it feels? Fuck yeah. But after a few, you realize, oh, I see how this is. Right. It's... But like the old school style is just like, just to keep running your head into the wall, Dude, right? Yeah. It, it never works out. It's never good. And like, no offense, I feel fucking retarded after I go to a war with someone. I'm like, holy shit. My head's pounding. I'm like, it probably shouldn't be doing that. And yeah. it's not like... You and some people might argue with me on this, but it's not like because you went into a war with someone and you took so much head damage, you're used to getting head damage now. I don't think your brain ever gets used used to head damage, right? Or at least you don't want it to. Right. There's some permanent shit going on there. Yeah, and it, and it's just like the repetitive blows. It just like uh, like it, it lowers your ability to keep taking those blows later, right? Yeah. So like if uh, like we see this, like some dudes get knocked out Chuck a lot. Up. of... Huh? Whoops. Chuck, Chuck Liddell. Chuck Liddell. Yeah, exactly. Like Chuck Liddell, man. Like he he would take so many punches on the chin, but he would just keep coming at you, right? Yeah. And that was kind of like his draw. Like he was just like, I'll take whatever you can get. Like sure. I'm just a cowboy. I'm just gonna go for it. But later on in his career, he's fucking getting knocked out off of like a little simple, jabs, like, easy, yeah. easy jabs and stuff like that. And you're just like, and it's like, whoa, like that's not what I'm used to, right? But it's just because he's been taking so many like hits and stuff like that over the time that it just it, it adds up, right? Yeah. Like, I, I see this kind of same thing, like, in football, like, I've noticed. Like, myself, that's my experience and my background, because I played four years in high school. I had the chance to maybe play in college if I wanted to, but I'm like, I ain't going fucking pro. Why am I going to put my Dude. body through this shit? Like, And there was a and, statistic, 90% yeah. of people who have suffered one concussion mm-hmm. have some form of CT, because it's on a spectrum, even if it's very little. Right. Sometimes, when I, like, do some stupid shit, I'm like, Dude, is that the fucking CT? Because it was, we were like, and we were like... Like, if you are a fighter and you have trained, I promise you most sparring sessions have given you a minor concussion. I yeah. promise you. Yeah. Getting rattled is a minor concussion. I hate when people go, I got a concussion, I forgot the date. Shut the fuck up. Okay? I have seen people do that. No, I If you get knocked the fuck out, yeah. I get it. Right. If you get your bell rung, I get it. I just hate when people are like, usually people are like, I got hit once. They did one of these yeah, and they're like, oh, oh yeah. what's the date? What year is it? <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Dude, I had one dude who was like on my high school football team. He was a, uh, like a skinnier guy. He played cornerback. Sure. And he got demolished by like a bigger dude one time. Like I think a lineman or something knocked him out. And he uh, he got a concussion and was out of the game. On the sidelines, he was like walking around asking us like what the fuck was going on. We were asking him like, oh, who we're playing? We're playing one team had like a, a dark blue color. And he was just like, he said another school that was in the area that also yeah. had blue as their color. And he's like, no, we're not playing them. Yeah, and it's like, just like, is this a Thursday? And it's like, no, this is an actual game. This is a Friday night. Something like, tournament happened to him. 
And it was crazy. Like, he was on the sideline, and then out of nowhere, he was talking to us, and then, like, he would be out of it, and then he would come back and talk to us as if, like, he had nothing had happened and stuff like that. And he, like, kept repeating the same thing. At one point, he was on the sideline, and he just, like, because it was, because we're in California, like, the beginning of the season's around, like, uh, September, so sure. it's still kind of warm. So we're still wearing short sleeves. He was on the sideline, and it was, like, maybe, like, in the 60s, so it wasn't that cold. But he starts going like this, shivering, like he's fucking like yeah, in the Arctic. Dude, yeah. So like his wiring in his brain was just definitely got screwed up. Like, um, and they had to come bring blankets and stuff like that because his body was literally shivering. He was convulsing because his fucking thought he dude. was like in, he was thought he was like in, in the fucking Antarctic. Like he was it was that crazy. And I was like, damn, concussions are le- are no. real. Oh, they're like, real. Oh, I've crazy. seen them in gyms all the time. I have yeah. never been knocked out in my life. Mm. I've never been taken out by submission in my life. But I've been rocked so fucking bad where I was like, oh my god. Yeah. Do I remember one time uh, I blocked a kick mm. for my brother, a head kick. But the head kick was so powerful that the 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 force of it, I felt it on my other side of my oh, jaw. Shit. And, and it like bounced back. So it's like, even if you block it's like a, it. Like, like a boomerang. It, like a boomerang. Like, it's fucking Damn. coercion, you know? Damn. And, um, dude, fighting is such a fucked up sport. <laughs> I, I love it though because... Uh, when every time I've walked out to a fight, I've been m- n- like the most scared I've ever been in my life. I always ask myself, why the fuck? Why didn't I pick soccer? Why did I decide that this was the coolest thing I wanted to do? Yeah. Now, for anyone listening, undefeated fighter, uh, state champion jiu-jitsu, multiple weight classes. Let him right? know. That's that guy. I'm let, that guy. Him, let him know. And, and I'm so cocky when I walk out. Dude, there's some videos I don't know if you ever saw. You I'm, have I'm, to be, though. Yeah, like, do, if do, you have doubt when you're walking into the ring, you shouldn't be going to the ring. I have never heard right? someone like, say, I'm going to lose this fight, then went and won it. I've never heard it. Like, right? You, gotta, you have to have right? this self-belief in yourself. Almost ridiculous. It's the same thing in a lot of sports, though, but like even more so in fighting, fight, just because oh like, the, the, the consequences are yeah. so big. So. Dude, if, yeah. if you lose a soccer game, it's sad. If you lose a fight, usually you got your fucking ass kicked. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I really think there's this sociological thing of like getting your ass kicked in front of people is not a good feeling. And and, yeah. and I'm going to get a little psychopathic here. I never liked hurting people. Not like it was never fun to like beat the fuck out of someone and be like, whoa, you know. Yeah. But it was always a little nice to know that this guy's going home tonight and he's he's staying up all night thinking about that ass kicking while you're with your friends <laughs> drinking and shit. He's just fucking thinking. Yeah, you know man. what I mean? And uh, it, it weighs on you and shit. And I'm not going to lie to you. I like the attention. I love walking out with the Greek flag, the Greek music. It's like, this is my <laughs> moment where you got to listen to this shit and you can't say nothing. It's you like know? you being on stage or something exactly. like that, right? Right. Performing um, in front of an audience exactly. and all that stuff. So mm. it's fun. The only difference is like, it's like 20 seconds of glamour. Now I got to go fucking like, you know, show my Mo- months shit. of work just yeah. for twenty seconds of whatever it is, or or twenty seconds of glamour, and then you have the fucking the fight that happens, yeah. right? Yeah. But the only thing I don't like about fighting, and let me just expose it right now, is all my friends from high school were like, "Why didn't you pursue it? That's your dream and shit." Like I haven't really been trained that much, been too focused on like focus on the important stuff, money. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> trying to survive in trying LA. To survive, trying to fight <laughs> this baldness that's occurring that I figured out recently, right? Um, I mean, look I, at me, I, dude. <laughs> you you're talking with the fucking bad. Bad, dog. But um, the amateur circuit, I started to get in close with the promoters running this mm. and some professional guys. And they told me, Dimitri, the more popular guy usually wins. And they'll explain. If you sell a lot of fucking tickets, they will give you scrubs. They want to see you win, right. see you bring in people. So almost every single amateur fight, one guy's getting set up. Mm-hmm. One guy's getting built up. And even at the low pro levels, mm-hmm. this is why you have to understand something. I love sports gambling. Why can you not gamble on anything but 
the UFC? Why can't you get ball another MMA event? Because someone's getting belt up, someone's getting tossed to the wolves, right? It wouldn't be fair. And very rarely does the wolf mm. lose. They eat that motherfucker. So, and I realized that... The same thing in boxing happens a lot. Yeah, oh, yeah. boxing even more. Yeah. And I realized, okay, I'm most likely going to end up on the wolf side. Mm. But but then, you know what usually happens sometimes? You're a wolf, you get fed up, now you're 7-0, and oh, now you got wolf. a real fucking yeah. monster. Because <laughs> uh, yeah. once you hit about 5-0, and 7-0, oh, and oh, once mm. you get a good record, they're going to throw you to another motherfucker that was just feeding. And then it gets serious. And then, mm. too, the only thing I don't like about fighting, too, and every professional fighter can relate with this, any amateur fighter can relate to this, the cost to get to the fight is more than you make at the fight. Amateurs get paid. Right. As long as it's under a certain amount, you can be considered amateur. Gotcha, gotcha. Illinois just allowed a thing, too, where you got to get a brain scan before you get a professional fighting license. The brain ca- scan costs more than you'll make your first few fights. That's not counting how much you got to pay the gym, how much you got to pay the food, how much you got to pay this. Mm-hmm. I know a guy, not personally, but I've talked to him a little bit over social media. He just got into one championship. He's 10-0. and 0. 1FC. 1FC. That, the, the, for those who don't know, 1FC is the, the, the fighting league that's based, that's based out of Japan? Singapore, right? Singapore. Singapore, Singapore, excuse me. Third biggest Asia. fighting promotion in the world. Right. They're, they're on the come up. They're on the come up now. They're trying to attack the North America market yeah. now. Yeah. This guy didn't clear a net profit from a fight until his 10th fight. <sighs> He's Ooh. ten and zero. Oh Jesus! Because remember, most yeah. professionals you get two fifty to show, mm. another two fifty to win. That's five hundred dollars if you win. How much do you owe your agent? Because any right. professional that goes without an agent, you're getting good fucked, right? right? And by good fucked, <laughs> I mean you're getting bad. You're getting killed. So right. gonna kill you. Because if you go to a promoter without an agent to negotiate for you, you're trying to negotiate yourself. Like yeah, yeah, I got you. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna set you fucking up. <laughs> exactly. And um, feed just the wolves. Five hundred. How much does a gym membership cost? Let's say you did an eight week camp. It's two hundred something dollars a month for a gym. Right. So all your winning money went to the gym. Now the proper food you have to get. Now mm. the agent. It's all out of your own pocket. Huh? All out of your pocket. How hard are you gonna train? Because me, here's what I've noticed: when I become so, my I took my first fight in college. Right. I had a little issue with my jiu-jitsu club. The year I gave up my presidency, the guy who took it over was like, I don't, I don't want to talk shit, but whatever. Okay. So I was like, I'm going to go be an MMA fighter. Fair enough. And uh, an issue I came about was I became so obsessed with who I was going to fight. I knew his favorite fucking color. I knew his family. <laughs> I knew what fucking he did. Yeah. I'd watch videos. I'd watch how he moved. I became so obsessed. Mm. So when I train for fights, I live, breathe, and eat you. Oh, my God. I want to apologize to all the ex-girlfriends that were with me during a fight. Like, all I did was talk about another man for like two months. <laughs> They would get so mad. And then they'd be like, you better win this fucking fight. You love this guy. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and or go fuck him. Yeah, right? go yeah. fuck him. Like, I, I was so... In, all I would think about is oh, that, right? Shit. So yeah. I always invest in it. If you're a little crazy, if you mm. think too much, if you have a lot of shit on your plate, go fight someone. Because you will focus all that energy into something kind of productive. Right. right? Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and I would put so much time into it. So to pursue it... But there's no money in it. And then mm. a lot of these guys get stuck teaching kids classes to pay for the gym. Now you're teaching fucking 10-year-olds. You're right. babysitting them. Most kids signing up for MMA are getting babysitted. There's no... You could only do it for fun. Mm-hmm. That's why I like jiu-jitsu more, though. Jiu-jitsu, there is no favoritism. It's less you, stakes, too, right? Yeah, you go yeah. to the state tournament. They mm. they put. They don't even do seeding anymore. Mm. They don't even do it where, like, you won last year, you get a benefit. They just randomly select you, uh, and okay. you run the tournament. Gotcha, That's gotcha. fun. Gotcha, gotcha. And gotcha. the only issue is, too, sometimes... I'm you'll, sorry. you'll get a, a tough guy early or something. Oh, dude, that's like, a, one. Uh, my yeah. first time. So, how you can think of it is there's four stages of jujitsu tournaments. The best way I can explain it to anyone listening is think of JV, your regionals, your sectionals, your state. 
Gotcha, okay. And I went undefeated through my JV, regionals, and, and sectionals. So I was like 11-0 and 0 as a jiu-jitsu practitioner. And then I get to the state tournament mm-hmm. the, that year, and I get ranked up with the three-time returning state champion. <laughs> oh, my God. Killer. I, he did not tap me out. But, oh, my, was that a match? I, I thought it was like the shit. I was like, <laughs> I'm unbeatable. I'm going to be I'm gonna go and fucking out my youth. I'm unbeatable, bitch. Oh, my God. He made me feel like such a fucking, like, like dude, there's so much levels to this, right? Like, I, like I'm over here controlling people, fucking them up. And then this guy coming around fucking me up, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then uh, it, it made me, <laughs> and then I did, of course, I did the cool thing, where I was like, fuck this weight class. So I purposely go down a weight class, dominate <laughs> that. He he goes on to do more things. I come back up to that weight class, win that championship. Gotcha. And then the guy from 180 comes down to take my 170 belt, kicks my ass. <laughs> so then I go down to 160, and I'm like, this is my home. I'm uh, undefeatable here. So, so a lot of fighting comes down to just, and I hate to say this, a lot of jiu-jitsu tournaments come down to like, how much are you willing to manipulate your body? Because if you're willing to, if you're a talented 170, you'll mm-hmm. rock 160s. If you're a talented 180, after 180, you get into chubby boys. Like gotcha. 200 and up, then yeah. it's like really athleticism matters. But um, jiu-jitsu, jiu-jitsu was so fun. But the only thing about jiu-jitsu now is because certain tournaments have become popularized, mm-hmm. you're dishing out $150 to compete at a tournament. $150. Mm-hmm. There's one tournament. It's uh, Grappling Games. It even has .org, so you know it's legit. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. 40 bucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, I talked a little too much. Take nah, it away. Nah, Tell nah, me your nah, thoughts. No, 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 this is good. This is good <laughs> to know because, like, from the outside, like, looking in, like, um, I guess my background and my knowledge of, like, kind of the fight world has always stemmed from the boxing world just because my I have a grandpa who's, like, from Mexico, and he was an amateur boxer oh, cool. out okay. there, too. So... Growing up, I would always watch a lot of the fights. Like that was like a cultural or like uh, like family moments where we would all get together and we would watch them and we would talk about them. We'd have dinner. We'd like you know the the adults would drink and stuff like that. So um, I'm like I kind of have an idea of how you work up the ranks in terms of how you get into boxing. Like you start off like at a local gym, you become an amateur, you get into some amateur fights, you get some publicity. Then maybe you get into some like uh, smokers and stuff like that. Yeah. And, like, uh, some like kind of like non-legit, like uh, non-sanctioned fights. You work, th- you work your way up there. You get a good trainer. Maybe, maybe you, you get a newer trainer as the, the farther you go. You become a professional. You work in some of the smaller clubs, some smaller arenas. You get a name for yourself. Maybe you're it's, undefeated. It's like all about. Yeah. I hate to say this. Yeah. It's not about how good you are anymore. It, yeah. You have to be good, right? But you can look at Mixner McNugget. <laughs> he, he's, he's not aka conor mcgregor yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah, conor yeah. <laughs> yeah. he's not yeah. i think i could beat him in a jiu-jitsu match just straight jiu-jitsu i don't think he's that good right it's how you sell yourself there right. there's russian guys that are 20 and 0 in russia right now uh-huh. why hasn't the ufc picked them up because they don't know english yet right they can't they, market them yeah the only ones that come them. over here, like khabib mm-hmm. khabib knows english pretty he's fucking a, he's well he's a monster yeah Send me location you know like he <laughs> uh, like my favorite quote is it was two tenemisu and then he loses he doesn't even make the weight like he knows English though. That was so funny. Okay, if you guys remember, he was supposed to fight Tony Ferguson. He didn't make the weight, and then he tried to drop cut weight, and then he went to the hospital. And then, and then there was like a fight clip where he's like two tiramisu, and and I looked yep. up how much a slice of tiramisu is six hundred fifty seven calories. Whew. So that's over a thousand two hundred calories, Mister Khabib. A, a few days before the fight, you know what I'm saying? So, oh, uh, but, sorry. Yeah, that was like the UFC on, on embedded thing. Yeah, like, yeah, it was. Yeah. Around, and he was yeah. at the restaurant. He's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like whatever, man. Bring it over here. But, but do you see what I'm saying? It's oh, about how shit. popular you are because, um, Cody Garbrandt. Yeah. He was like eight and zero. He was fighting for a title. Did it have anything to do with 
how nice he was, pretty boy, fucking tattooed up. Yep. You know what I'm saying? He had that image, man. He had the image. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it about how popular you are. And I'm not too worried about like talking shit. Like that's my favorite. But like sometimes you don't know how many times in the South Bay you'll get into an Uber and it's a Portuguese guy that's young. But uh-huh. What the fuck are you doing, Uber? He's like, oh, I'm a professional fighter. I just do this to make money. And I'm like, I look up his record. He's good. I'm like, damn, dude. Like, and I'll tell him. Who the fuck am I to say though? Right. Like, do you talk shit? Do you publicize? He goes, oh, I don't know how to do. It. I just fight. Like, right. Fighting is not about fighting anymore. It isn't. They want to be entertained. That's like kind of how the UFC's kind of changed over yeah. the last like five, and, ten years. And it's right? owned by an entertainment mm. company now. So do you blame them for wanting it to right. be entertaining? Right. I don't. Why does everyone want Nate Diaz to fight? No offense. Nate Diaz is a 50 50 fighter. He loses half his fights. Now he fights the best in the world. No offense to Stockton. <laughs> yeah, now, okay. you, now you're coming at yeah, me. Now, 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 now you're coming but, at me. But I, I, I'm just saying, it's because oh, he's shit. so popular. Because no offense, the way Nate Diaz acts. We all know what kid in high school You want to watch, you wanna watch you that wanna kid watch fight. You want to watch that dude fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, why, why do you yeah. want to watch, like, McNugget wants this rematch with Khabib. And no offense to any McNugget fan. If you think Connor has a chance, let me tell you something about M- ground, because the ground I know. Right. They're not a little bit far apart. They're, yes. It would take Connor a whole lifetime to catch up to Khabib's wrestling. And what's so crazy is like I feel like the gap um, with the striking game can be can be you can you can make up that gap oh, over, over years, but yeah. like the the gap that you have in the ground game can be almost insurmountable like, to this point. Like uh, the the dude uh, uh, Francis Ngannou, like yeah. he's like such a novice on the ground that like when he was fighting like Stipe and training for Stipe, like all the clips of him was just fucking doing left hooks to the I bag, right hooks tired. to the bag. That was more tired. He was. Yeah. He, that, yeah, because I was looking into that. He, he Stipe is a wrestler, Fran- though. Stipe is a wrestler. Stipe is a wrestler. Yeah. But Ngannou trained in France. Mm-hmm. His coach was like, "You knock him out." I'm doing a terrible French accent, sorry guys. You knock him out first round. Like, mm-hmm. like the the game plan yeah. was awful because right. because people don't know Ngannou yeah. has a few submission wins. Mm, he okay. knows what he's doing on the ground. Gotcha, but when gotcha. you spent the whole camp thinking I'm gonna knock this guy out in 30 seconds and it's a 25 minute fight, yeah, and goes, it went on 25 goes, minutes. Five, he, he, did it, he, did, yeah. he was more tired. He couldn't yeah. do anything even if he wanted to. Yeah. Um, but continue. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, um, like I was saying, I guess like the gap in in striking can be like kind of met. You know, you can kind of uh, make that up a little bit better because. Even in that fight that we're talking about, Khabib Connor fight, yeah. Khabib landed the best shot of the whole fight. Oh, yeah. When because oh. Connor thought he was gonna shoot on him, and he came with like a, a hook over yeah. the top, like kind of like a shovel hook, like boom, and he like hit him right in the face. And Connor didn't have a, a clean, oh. like that was a cleanest strike now, the whole please, fight. Every time you watch a Connor fight, folks, go back and watch it without the volume because the volume does a lot. Because you have to understand when yeah. you watch a Connor fight, every time he touches his opponent, the crowd goes nuts. You don't know this, but psychologically, as a judge, as a person, you mm. think that punch did damage. Every time Khabib hit Connor, no cheers. It's so you didn't a, think yeah. it did anything. So I always recommend, and I wish judges would do this, honestly. I don't want them listening. The crowd has an effect. In soccer, they, they've actually mm. proven this. When a foul is committed and the crowd goes nuts, there's a 30% more chance likely that the ref calls a foul. This is the same thing in all sports. In so all sports. Basketball, the home team gets like... 55 60% of the calls as Oh really? Yeah, okay. like like um the the questionable calls like it will more often than not like about 60% of the time it'll go towards the home yeah. team just because of that factor there. And uh 
basketball is a little bit different because the refs are like the same refs all the time, so they have pers- oh. they have personal relationships with like the players. Yeah, I see them so sometimes it's shit. like fuck this dude, like he always talks shit to me. Yeah. So like sometimes they'll like not even like they're not even overtly with it. Sometimes it's like subconscious or subconscious. Just like yep, I'm gonna call tech on you just because like yeah. you've been you a bitch you, three years ago, <laughs> three years ago you called me a faggot or yeah, something yeah, like yeah. that. Like there was there was this 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 thing that happened um, a couple years ago. This player, Rajon Rondo, he was playing actually on my favorite team. What a beautiful Sacram- name. Yeah. Sacramento Kings. He was playing on the team at the time. There's this player, or there's this ref, who apparently was like in the closet at the time when it happened. And he called him like a fag on the court as it happened. The, NF- the NBA ended up suspending him and like fining him and stuff like that. The next day, the ref came out as being uh, uh, as gay. Okay. And so, like, it was, like, a personal attack on him and shit like that. Uh, so, you can't blame the ref for being, like, all right, I'm going to maybe call a foul on you if it's questionable yeah. or stuff like that. And But, yeah, like you said, though, like, in boxing, that happens a lot, too. So, if you're if you're uh, the favorite fighter and you fight on your home turf versus a dude oh, from God, somewhere yeah. else, like, you're going to get the benefit of the doubt. That's why they always say, like, don't ever leave it to the judges because, like, you fucking, like, it... it you can get screwed over. You can get robbed. Like, yeah. Even though I'm Mexican, American, and I'm, I like root for a lot of like the Mexican fighters. Canelo Alvarez is one of that. Like, I'm, I'm a fan of. He lost the first fight with Gennady Golovkin. I didn't get like, to Triple see that G. one. Yeah. It was a it was a back and forth fight, but it looked like Triple G landed more shots on him. I but see. Because they fought the fight in Vegas, where a mostly Mexican crowd was like there. And because Canelo is like the cash cow, they they call it a draw. Yeah. So they ended up calling it a draw. So which, no one wins money. Yeah. Exactly. So then eventually they they had a rematch, right? And in that rematch, it was another close fight. It's arguable because the sport of boxing is like very like you yeah. know subjective in terms of oh I think this shot landed better versus that shot or yeah it's like okay maybe he didn't throw as much punches but he controlled the ring and you know like it's like the control yeah. the dimensions of the fight it's like it's very like very. Odd. Okay, maybe he didn't land as much, but uh, he landed harder shots versus. And you know, who looks more fucked up? It's, exactly. Yeah, it's so, hard to so, say. Yeah. so there's a lot of stuff like that. But the second fight came, and I think Canelo might have edged it barely. But the first fight, I think he took a he should have taken a loss. But they call it a draw. So yeah. like things like that happen all the time. And like I see it in MMA from like because um, I I would just say I've been a fan of MMA probably since like the. Uh, GSP, uh, Anderson Silva, like, when they were, like, at their peak. Okay, that's when like, I kind of got into it, yeah. That's kind of when I started getting into it. Like, ch- the end of Chuck Liddell's run. Correct, and, like, yes. That, that, like, mid-2000s type of type of time. I kind of got into that with some friends of mine. Just because we were just like, these motherfuckers are kicking and throwing punches? We're like, oh, shit, this is crazy. And they're fucking wrestling you know and, like, funny? all they're doing all that stuff. Like All those guys compared to the modern-day fighters... Oh yeah, I don't think dude, <laughs> yeah. I don't think they could do shit. No offense, it dude, just goes to show it's it's gone leaps and bounds. Dude. Like it's gotten crazy. Like even just in the last five years, where I've actually really been watching the fights and paying attention to what's happening, it's yeah. like, damn, dude, like that was the champion back then. Like this dude would get smoked like, like, by the top ten. Like, to like, like chocolate. Uh, hold on, let me be more fair. Like. Yeah, I can't even think of one. But, like, the yeah. idea that you could have been a champ because you were so good at one thing, like, doesn't happen anymore. Like You have to be well-rounded. You have to be well-rounded. Yeah. And, and gyms, I, I didn't realize this until talking to guys, no MMA gym back then was had good everything. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, oh, this gym focused on striking, this gym focused on ground. No gym had it all back Right, then. right. And that's kind of modern. And it's good. I, I think fighting's good. I try, like, I always tell people, too, 
go to a gym, get punched in the face, find that respect for people. Because if you walk into a gym and let's say you suck fight, like you suck at fighting, but you walked in there and you just fought, mm-hmm. I have utmost respect for you. When I learned that you went into a gym and fought, I have a weird extra respect for you. Because <laughs> you just know, and it's and it's amazing. Let me talk about, let's get a little political towards the end of this, right? But like, you know, this is, you are ancestrally and historically i was a history major guys so i can speak on this right that's all you need that's the <laughs> qualification you need nowadays um your ancestors were the winners of many wars like your ancestors were all killers we're the descendant of survivors that's the of way survivors. i think of it that's and, the way i think how of it. are you the only reason you survived was because you fought and won those battles it wasn't because you were a chicken for thousands of years i've done the math it's very hard to just <laughs> run away from every conflict that's ever happened and uh you might be one of the first generations or your parents, that have never fought in war, which is fine. That's not expected. It's all digitized anyways. That, that's, a pro- that's, a, that's, a, that's a progression. That's, that's a progression. Like, that's yeah, good. But yeah. never even have gotten into a physical conflict, you know? And, and and it's not like it's a terribly bad thing, but, like, no offense, that's one of the most thrilling things I've ever done in my life. Like, motorcycle's fun, but, like, to be in a fight, you really realize how... Dude, you take for granted your everyday fucking life. You're like, oh, yeah. God, I don't got to do this every day? I don't know. Put, like, put shit I, in perspective. Does that make bit? sense? Just, just, and you. Know, I'm not saying go do a fucking fight. I'm saying go to a gym, spar with a guy. Not amazing because that's not fun. Spar with a guy and just go, go toe to toe. Find a guy <laughs> equally matched. Be like, wow, this is, this is. I, I know we we don't have wars for no fucking stupid reasons anymore, right? And then you got these fucking liberals. Nationalism's evil, dude. Remember the times when you had to fight for a king? When a king told you he wanted this piece of fucking shitty land? Like 80% yeah. of like all so, of like so humanity. Na- <laughs> like, and nationalism was progressive in a way because it was like, fuck the king, I do this for my country. Does that make sense? A little bit nicer. Yeah. Nationalism's evil. Sorry, yeah. let's, okay. There's I, there's pluses and minuses to everything. So oh, like, of course. Yeah, but I'm, now here's yeah. my question for you. Cauliflower was deemed racist. Uh, are we going to get into this one yes. now? Yeah, <laughs> let's talk about it. What are your thoughts? Is cauliflower racist? No, because it can only be grown in certain places, right? That's what <laughs> yeah. I'm saying. Only certain type of people grow certain type of shit. All right, I think you're specifically referring to the what is it, the statement that Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez? Cortez, yeah, yeah. Why saying? are we growing yeah. yucca in New York right now, bro? Yeah. That's my question. <laughs> yeah, shit's crazy. Like. It's weird, too, because New York has such a weird melting pot of a culture of where course. there's people from other places, and so they bring their traditions to there. So then if, like, their traditions aren't accepted as much, then it's like, well, why can't we? Yeah. Well, sometimes there's legit reasons why it's not. Yeah. Other times <laughs> other times it's like, yeah, it's just prejudice. Sure. Like, but, but being able to grow yucca in New York, I promise you, you can try. Yeah. I just don't think you'll see anything fucking grow. Because yeah, a winner man. kills it. Yeah, exactly, you know? exactly. Like... You can't grow oranges in fucking, like, Idaho. You could try. I just <laughs> yeah. promise you won't get anything. Right, right. Um. It's just crazy. Like, you need to grow it in, like, the uh, um, more, like, closer to the equator because it's mm. got to be, like, the more tropical, like, locales. That's why Florida, California, it's, like, a lot of... Uh, oh, yeah. But I, I have such a good... Citrus. When it comes to all the crazy political shit going on right now, uh, <laughs> I think it's a good thing. I'll explain why. So, should gay people be together? God, yes. The Greeks, the ancient Greeks, Romans figured this out. Just love who you want to love. <laughs> and I hate when people say, but we need population. There's 7.5 billion of you motherfuckers. Maybe it's time to cut down. Just mm. let people do their thing. Anyways, <laughs> um, that isn't even an argument anymore. Have you yeah. noticed that? Gay marriage? It's not even an argument anymore. We're on to new shit. Which is crazy Which because is... growing up as like a Catholic, like, 
It was very much oh, was. Oh, dude, like, yes. 15 years ago, so very, very there's much good was. progress being made. The issue is once you have a win, every political party is like a mm. fucking drunk 25-year-old in Vegas. <laughs> they can't. Once you win, it means you got to win again. So then they push the envelope. Right. They're going to get pushed back. The pendulum's going to swing. And, uh... Yeah. It's like, things have just gotten more extreme in the last, like, five years, though, here in America with the politics and stuff. Because, like... I think a lot of it was like was prejudiced for like racial biases against Obama just because he was the sure. first black president and like he had like that baggage of coming on to him and he for like say what you want policy wise because I have a lot of issues with what he did it's like certain policy issues My boy and Barack. stuff like that yeah. yeah but like in terms of how he presented himself and how like how how he was professionally like how like uh, the image that he gave off. I thought was uh, wasn't the worst representation that we could have, right? Like it was, oh, no. it was like you 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 see you you see him, you're like, oh, he's a relatable dude. Like he's smart, you know, well read and all that stuff, whatever. Um, you know, did, did he make some do some evil shit? Yes. Did every does every president do some evil shit? We, yes. We tortured so, like, some folks. Yeah, we tortured. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We might have tortured some folks. Like, well, here, let me ask you a question, Mario. Uh, um, because when people ever talk about race relations in America, I always want to start by saying. What's the measurement? Because people make it seem like Americans are more racist now than since, like, fucking the Civil War. And right. I just refuse to believe it. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I also believe, and this is this is controversial, folks, that, you know, people always say racism is taught, not, you're, you're not intrinsically born with it. Mm. That can't be true. Because there's no fucking way. Now explain. There's no way in the ancient world, and it, mm. and and I like comparing the ancient world because that was before religion, ideology, these things formed. People were just natural, gotcha. especially before Judeo-Christian. Okay, there is no way a southern Europe Mediterranean did trade with southern people from the Nile and didn't and saw them and said these people look different. Their skin, their mm. facial features, they're different. Right. And most people are all about themselves. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, we're naturally selfish beings. We're selfish yeah, beings. Right. So you're going to come to this conclusion that I'm better and the way we do things is better than them because you have an ignorance to you because you don't give a fuck what they're doing. You right. just know that you're, you'd rather be comfortable in your place. Right. And that can be deemed as racist nowadays. Does that make sense? Now, the actual definition of racism is my race has more superiority quality than other races now racism mm. has this weird definition i can't even keep up with yeah people the that's the pro i think that's the problem that people have in these discussions is because i think their their terms and definitions aren't matching up you can use the same word and mean different things exactly so um and even depending on like where you're where you're born in the world too like if you say someone's liberal in fucking uh, one country like in Europe yeah if you say you're liberal here they would call you conservative over there sure. right like, well, actually, or, or opposite Europe or, you know? is much more conservative than people think nowadays yeah that's yeah, what yeah. I keep up with European politics oh, yeah. yeah I guess you're right there's been a real conservative wave that's kind of hit in like I think the last 10 years or so like oh, in a lot viciously. of places yeah. Yes. yeah so there's been a lot more right wing politics that have kind of sprung up over there um, uh, as a result of a lot of different things uh, but anyway um you're right, though. Like, I think the problem is, like, with the terms. And I don't think I don't think that racism is necessarily the right term to use. It's just the the another group. There's an in-group and an out-group, yeah. right? So, um, like, you could, there's so many million different ways to define it. But I think as human beings, we're always looking towards 
what is the same and what is different between us and other pe- types of people. Yeah. So um, whether that's like religion or culture, race, ethnicity, whatever it is, we're always kind of trying to compare and match and like you know go toe to toe, back and forth, kind of between the different, the different, uh, uh, you know, different terms or whatever, the different characteristics here. It like if everyone like if you're in Ireland and there's 90% of the people are redheads and 10% of the people have brown hair, the 10% of the people who are brown hair are going to be looked at differently, right? Yeah. Even though they still might have the same fucking DNA and the same everything, right? So it's just like, like that kind of thing. Or if like, like it's it's the same place, Ireland, Protestants and Catholics, like that's a big fucking like, uh, dividing line between them. So like they, you know, and then eventually that creates animosity. So, there's always there's always going to be like an in group and an out group that's always going to exist. So in my mind, that's just like there's always going to be some kind of in, 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 inherent conflict. So America is a very unique place because it is like one of the only places in the world where we it's attracted people from all sorts of type of places. Right. And so like multiculturalism is like a blessing uh, for, uh, for a lot of people, but it's it's a challenge. It brings it brings its own challenges in itself too, and. Um, yeah, I mean, like, the way that we experience things is not how the way the most of the world experiences stuff. Or like even the other part of the countries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. Even just pockets of this country is, like, kind of crazy um, where you'll only see certain people who look a certain type of way. You can go to certain places where it's just, like, you, you won't see a white face for, for miles. Sure. And then you go to another place and you won't see a black face for miles, sure, too. Yeah. Right? Or, or a brown face, uh, for that matter. Um, but... You know, it's just the way that I look at it and the way that I kind of boil things down to kind of like um, make sense of the world a little bit is I always I always just know that that is always going to kind of exist. And you just kind of like can't fault people for thinking that way. What you could do is you can educate them. and You can say, hey, man, like, look, like you got to you got to bring the positives uh, forward and just say, look, there's always going to be some negatives there, but you know, we're, we're working on it. Like, let's just like, like, let me like, we, as long as we can come to a mutual agreement of like, you know, like we have differences, but we don't have to be like, and we don't have to have animosity against each other. Right. Yeah. You know, like we don't have to like, you know, kill each other or go at each other's throats. Like we, there's a lot more power in being able to come together and put our strengths together to cover over our, each other's weaknesses than it is to kind of attack each other and like and bring each other so down. So here's my question then. So, Let's go back to nationalism because I yeah. agree with you most so there's no contention there. And I, I would also say too that like to expect a guy from Alabama where you think America's more racist now, not you because you seem like you understand what's going on, but like maybe the average Californian goes, God, people in the South are so racist. They were always that racist. <laughs> there's this thing called social media that... right opened your eyes to this right right but you gotta understand from his perspective you know what videos he watches on people that don't look like him yeah all he negative. watches videos on white people in the west bitching right yeah. talking about <laughs> on how world star videos making black people look like you know what fucking I'm clowns from yeah. his perspective he's a logical character to think everything else is fucked up and he's fine right that's always the Th- thing does too. that make sense yeah no yeah. one thinks they're a bad guy in this it's exactly yeah. that you always think of yourself as being batman as yeah. superman yeah you don't think of yourself as being fucking lex Luthor or the yeah. other side of the but when you ask the other people they think of it the opposite exactly. way right so you just have to explain people and just like have them they have to understand the way 
natural like human relationships work and like the way systems are built to kind of like divide people instead of like bring them together yes. and stuff like that so once you have an understanding of that stuff it's a lot easier to tear down those walls and to kind of relate to people so kind of like i guess my background where i grew up and stuff like that like you know i'm like okay i'm the only mexican kid on this whole block because we lived in a pretty like m- you know middle class neighborhood oh, nice. yeah. like my family like worked their ass off to get to the house but it's like uh all right, they kind of looking at me like I'm like not the same as them, but I feel the same as them because we're you know we go in the same place, like we all go to the same schools and stuff like that. But then you you, you start to learn like what they've been taught and like kind of like the the history of like maybe like generations or generations of just like oh they had they think this of Mexicans and for a certain way, and you just kind of have to like kind of go through it and just say like hey, like we're we're not negative like that. Like we, we're trying to. You know, I'm just I'm I'm doing the, I'm in the, I'm in the same struggle that you are, yeah. basically. And you know, you can bitch and moan about whatever differences we have, but at the end of the day, if you break down every single char- human quality and characteristic of your life, we have so many more characteristics that are the same, oh, of course, than we do that are different. So the fact that like we even try to like subgroup people and break things down and stuff I find it like a lot of times futile uh, cause it's like in the long run it's like we're we're all on the same damn planet we're all like we all have the same desires we all have the same goals in mind or similar goals in mind we you know we all want safety we all want like nutrition we all want uh, you know camaraderie we want love we want you know peace we want harmony like all these things are common goals and common commonalities between every single culture every single religion and every single like type of people it's just the the matter of how we get there and like you know we we could have like spirited debates but we like of in terms of like we can have differences we can agree yeah. to disagree on certain I'm things i'm like what you're saying right, right? now right yeah but it's just we just we have to get to that point and right now it's just like the 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 in the media and in the public and in America, it's just gotten, they've dumbed down the discussion to the point where it's just like, we're just slinging mud back and forth at each other. Oh God, I was, and that doesn't, that doesn't bring anyone any good. Like an eye for an eye leaves yeah. everyone blind. Yeah. Gandhi. Right. I love that. Right. Yeah. Well, so, like, I was on a date with a girl, uh, like a month ago and she go, I go, what's your biggest pet peeve, hon? She goes, Republicans. I just want them to all die. Like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> like the, and, and you know, what's crazy? Like that's, kind of the issue in america right there's this and this is where i think yeah. nationalism is a little bit more important no if you called yourself an american it's synonymous with like i fucking i don't know some terrible things yeah like, like jesus christ and, and no offense too because i'm a history guy too i hate when people bring i'm explaining something recently i got into an argument right. with one of my ex-girlfriends <laughs> about she goes white people shouldn't have corn rolls and i go why and she goes, because that's a black people culture thing. And I go, I hate that I'm going to do this to you. But historically written, who are the first people to have cornrows? She goes, who? I go, ancient Greeks, my people. She goes, so maybe it's a white person and the black people stole it. And everything was fucking lost, right? It was overload. And it turns into a fuck you, Dimitri. I'm talking about nowadays. But see, I hate that, right? Like, everyone's going only this far back in history. Because if you go far back enough, you can understand everyone's... Literally, I think it's a crazy statistic. Everyone at one point on this earth was a slave at some point, and and, to, and let's just break the chains with the African American bondage system in America. Ninety nine point something percent of all black slaves hmm. were enslaved by other black kingdoms 
in Africa than sold to the Europeans. I'll explain why. Mm. When Europeans landed in Central Africa, this is... My name's Jose. I'm from Portugal. I just landed in uh, modern-day Congo, right? Okay. My body has never been exposed to a mosquito bite that contained malaria like the Africans have. Mm. And they called it the quick death. The Europeans did. The jungle death. Where if you stepped outside of the interior mm-hmm. into the interior of Africa, you would die. That's why they don't carve up Africa until the Berlin Conference right before World War One, because they invented malaria pills and mm. the machine gun, the maximum gun. Before that, all they did was they contacted the coastal tribes and said, look, we need a slaves. And I'll explain the story right. if you want. All on the West Coast. That. All on the West Coast. Yeah. yeah. Look, we need slaves. Can you get them for us? And we'll give you what you need. Now, if I'm an African kingdom, right, because they weren't all tribes. If I'm an African kingdom, I go, wait, instead of getting rid of my competition, I could ship them away, make some money, and take their lands. It's a fucking win-win for me. So it's divine and conquer from Julius Caesar's time. That's all they did. So when blacks argue now, you know, we were stolen. You were stolen from the Africans still there. I've never heard one black. The only time I've ever heard it was uh, that fighter. He's famous. He's a heavyweight. He always says funny things. He fought Francis Ngannou. Uh, fuck. Derek uh, Lewis. Derek Lewis. He goes, yeah. he goes, this fight's for the culture. And then the, and then the New Year's, what do you mean? He's like, his people sold my people into slavery. I was like, no one has ever spoken more truer fucking words. Oh, now, funny. I'm not saying, now, I'm not saying, and you have to understand, too. Now, this is where slavery gets really fucked up in America. A lot of people mm. don't know this. I might as well shut it. There's trade negotiations from these African tribes to European countries. Yeah. Portugal, England, they all had their own trade systems with different kingdoms in Africa. While this was going on, the other side of Africa had their trade distinctions with the Arabs, mm. which ended up taking more blacks from Africa than the Europeans did. Okay. The Arabs okay. had different reasons, though. The Arabs didn't want workers because mm. the caste system in India and the Arabics didn't have these fields to grow. So what they would do is they'd buy 10 boys, they would cut all their balls off, one would survive on average, 10%. Okay. He would turn into a eunuch, a palace guard. Mm-hmm. Because in the Arabic world, in the Ottoman world, a king showed off by having a harem, which is a whorehouse, and right. he could only fuck those girls. Right, right, right. The bigger the harem, the how impressive he is. Who do you want guarding your harem? A guard with a fucking working dick? Absolutely not. Right. So it take Africa, take 100 African kids to eunuchs, and uh-huh. when you get your balls chopped off, you don't live that long. Right. So you have to keep replenishing it. And then they would send over women, and then when they wanted to fight wars, they'd buy the African warriors, fight. To fight if they on died, the... perfect. Right. If they survived, ship them back. So the Arabs were doing much more by the numbers, oh, worse things. Shit. But that's okay. why there's not too many blacks in the Arabic world to have that identity of, like, you took us. Because they used them and abused them. Right. Hit it once and I throw away by Blueface. Okay? <laughs> but in America, what was going on... Now, when mm-hmm. you notice, and this is weird, in Brazil and Puerto Rico, Central, Latin America, all these places... The wokeness, it, it's it's there. There's a difference between the races, but why isn't it spoken about? Now, here's a really fucked up thing that not a lot of people know about. In the America could not buy slaves from Africa up until uh, right around the birth of its nation, 1776. They could only buy slaves from the Caribbean. Caribbean slave traders jacked up the price three times fold. Mm. To buy the average slave in a place like Georgia... Right off the boat, the slave came off right off the boat, I'm going to buy it. In modern day money would cost $200,000. Okay. So who could afford it? Just the rich landowners. Just the rich landowners. Yeah. People think, everyone owned slaves back then. What the fuck are you talking about? It was actually yeah. cheaper to sponsor an Irish person to come over and have him be your bitch for a few years than it was. Indentured servitude. Exactly. Yeah. That was much more cheaper for the average person than buying a $200,000 slave. Well, before the slave trade happened, that was the main thing. That was the main thing. The main yeah. thing. Yeah. So you happened. know what America did? And 
this is uniquely just American because the rest mm-hmm. had good slave trade. Mexico didn't need slaves because of the the native population was already high. There was that. There's definitely the slave trade. Definitely in southern Mexico is a lot. Yeah. There's 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 pockets and there's communities of people who are like you're like damn this is like fucking this feels like it's Cuba or yes. like this feels like oh, it's uh, um like Haiti like because there's that many black people sometimes yeah. like. And, um, but what they did was yeah. you would buy a slave woman. Mm-hmm. She's half the price of a slave man in good conditions, $100,000. White slave owners would impregnate them viciously. You have about six kids. Those yeah. are your slaves. Now, there's two fucked up elements for this. Yeah. What's fucked up is you throw your kids into slavery, but the idea of race back then kind of was okay, right? If you're told right. it's okay to do that, it's okay to do that. Second, there's like one, there's a one drop rule too in America where it's like if you have any bit of African, you're African, you're 100% African. Now, here's what's the crazy part 75% of blacks in this country are people of color, yeah, are at least 25% white or more, right? Which is, and I always like to argue with race and stuff too. Like, at the end of the day, guys, with time, there's gonna be a blending going on because you have to understand, and this is where people get a little upset when I say this. Most of the blacks taken from Africa were not mocha. They were very dark. Have you yeah. ever met an African from Africa from the parts that we took slaves from? Yeah, it's like They're Nigeria. very dark. Like Ghana, Nigeria area and stuff. Y- yeah. yeah. You're, some black guys, when I'm super... Or black girls, when I'm super tan in the summer, we're close. <laughs> yeah. You weren't that close to that. Does that make sense? Yeah. You've mixed thin over time. That does, Which yeah. makes the race question in America, I thought from a historical perspective, so interesting. Because uh-huh. obviously there was hardships they felt. There's no one not saying that. But ge- genetically, right? Almost, a lot of them are at I'll, least the fourth white. I found it very interesting too. I remember I was watching like BET a long time ago when I was like in like my a teenager, probably yeah. like fourteen years old or something like that. And I was watching BET, and there was a program. They had like a, a segment where they would pull up like celebrities who had like the mocha color skin color. Yes, and they would say, "Okay, are they black or are they mixed race?" And in my mind, I'm like. What the fuck is the difference? Like, yeah. honestly, just because your parent, you could trace your lineage to like the uh, like European ancestry more recent than other people can because the history's just been lost or that knowledge is like just wasn't passed down, doesn't change very much. And like, it was like within the black culture, they were kind of putting a hierarchy on like that itself. Yeah. Like, are you more black or are you less black and stuff like that? And it's just it makes it it makes it very very complicated. And it's just like. It's like, 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 honestly, I was just like, I, it wrapped my brain around it. I was like, what the fuck is the difference? Because, like you said, man, like a lot of the people who were came come over, like they didn't, they didn't come over how the people look in, in like a lot of African communities yes. now, right? No, yeah. So it's 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 kind of, it's a fucked up history, but it's a history that people need to like understand and like uh, keep in mind. Like the history of my people, for instance, like I have pretty fair color skin, right? Yes. My dad's side of the family has darker color skin because they're descendants of uh, the Puro Petra, like native tribe in Michoacan, which is the state of Mexico, yes, like, kind of central okay. Mexico, right? So, like, um, in Mexican culture itself, this is like one of the things that I studied was like the caste system and like the hierarchy it had, like the Spaniards came and brought yes. upon the, like the New World, right? They did it in Mexico, Peru, like Colombia, everywhere. They did it pretty much everywhere they, they touched, like uh, Cuba, all of that. So it's uh, like a lot of the, the mixed culture that like the mestizo culture that is like so like proudly like presented upon and like uh, like, you know, we're, we're really like it's a, 
we consider it like a blending, like a mixture. Like it's like we're kind of like a new thing, like a third wave type of thing. Um, a lot of that did not happen because people decided to like, oh yeah, let's go ahead and just like bring each other together real nice and cuddly and all that stuff yeah. like that. There was a fucking lot of sh- a shit ton of rape and shit ton of fucking oh, like fucking yes, like absolutely. nasty shit that happened to get to that point stuff. So it's like it's it's good that you're like recognizing that like. Um, it's not one thing or it's not another. It's like a blending of things, but you got to understand like where that fucking came from and the reasons why certain things are or are why they are. Yeah. Like, why are so many like Latinos fucking horn dogs? Well, the motherfucking Spaniards were on the fucking boats for months <laughs> on end with no women, fucking, and all dudes. I love they that. get to the new world and they see fucking native women's. What the hell do you think they want to do? Yes. Are they gonna fucking go and, rape and conquer and, and pillage and too. shit like that? Like so, like that but, DNA gets passed down. Yeah. Like like you don't think about it, but it's like that fucking like the blueprint of who that was and the experience of who that person was coming across and doing all that stuff. That shit, like, subconsciously just gets passed down from generation to generation to generation. And you ask yourself, why do a certain type of people tend to act a certain type of way? It's because of the experiences that were created from it. And, like, we'll bring in fucking Alex Jones. I don't know. Did you see the Alex Jones podcast, the most recent one, where he was on Rogan with with Eddie Bravo? You saw the part where he was talking about how he felt like he had lived different lives and experiences in the past. Oh, sure. I've had many a times where I fucking felt the similar notions. And when I was watching that part, it was like, I was getting goosebumps because I was like, I'm not the only one who fucking feels this way. <laughs> I was like, this is fucking crazy. Like, like for whatever reason, like, part of me, like, always feels, like, somewhat connected to, to like, the sea and, like, fucking, and, like, being close to, to, like, water and shit like that. I don't know why and I don't know how, but, like... There's just, like, a certain connection to me that just kind of feels that way. And I feel like that kind of comes from, like, probably my European ancestry that came through. But I also felt, like, another, like, connection to, like, uh, like being respectful to, like, land, soil, and stuff like that, too. And I feel like that maybe comes more from my, like, native ancestry that comes here, too. So I just, like, in my mind, I have that kind of just concept and it just kind of... I just always kind of... I'm cognizant of that, you know what I'm saying? And just, like... I, growing up as a kid, I always asked a lot of why questions. Like, why is God. this a certain way? Why is that a certain way? So I was very curious. And that kind of led to, like, me being, like, a good student because I'd always want to, like, you know, le- you read and, like, know about the history of stuff. Because the way I was taught, it's like, you better learn about what happened in the past because there's a chance that shit's going to happen again in the future. Because people are the same, just everything else is different. Exactly. Yes. The scenarios are different, but the people in this and the way they react to the scenarios are going to be the same, Right. Because that's just how we're hardwired. And if you believe in religion or if you don't believe in religion, like I was growing up, I was very spiritual and religious kid because I was, you know, my family was very Catholic. We're from Mexico sure. and stuff like that, too. So, like, to me, I felt like that was kind of like, you know, part of God's work to just kind of like, you know, um, I fucking lost my tangent. Um, no, you're good. I loved it. Though. Where, where was I? Where was I? Um, just like, uh, <sighs> Fuck, I lost my tangent. Um, damn, I was going I'll on rant, it. I'll rant while you think of it. I was going on it. Damn. So let's go, because I, I kind of partially agree with you, and let's take this instance. There's kind of like this unexplained phenomenon. Uh, it's kind of racist, with a capital R, that some cultures can handle their liquor way better than others. It's called the drunk Indian. If you yeah, that yeah. And I did some research on it recently, and uh, kind of some amazing things. Um if you look at Native American cultures when they were introduced to alcohol, mm-hmm. they were way more self-destructive with it with Europeans. 
And and a lot of people have a lot of explanations for it. They were introduced to alcohol later in life, mm. this, that, this, and you could agree with those. But then turn on the other tables. If you look at Hunic, Mongolian cultures, right. they were way more self-destructive with alcohol right. than the Europeans. Right? Asian and, glow? Yeah, so the other question <laughs> yeah. is Central Asian. I haven't really researched on how Asians... Okay. Are, but Asians abuse drugs, the opium crisis, right? Where yeah. there's this huge abuse of drugs by uh, Chinese, huh? You know, uh, instilled by the English. But... And that, that came over to San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, 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 yeah. you're telling me. So the question is, is, um, is there something about your group that makes you more susceptible to something just naturally, right? Because we can't explain agriculture. For some reason, in 10,000 BC, agriculture just pops up everywhere around the world at the same time. Yeah. Um, and why... Uh, there was a new thing I was looking at, too. Why do babies know what they do? They do a test with baby. Uh, you know those illusions that they draw that makes it look like you're falling off a skyscraper even though you're just walking on a sidewalk in Los Angeles? Right. They put babies on those. And they're scared of it, And right? they're scared. So th- there's this natural thing. Animals have it. How do animals know how to migrate even though their parents didn't show? Why don't we have that? We probably do at some point, right? Why are some people more scared of snakes than others? I mean, the science is out. But wouldn't it be so cool to think... Right, um, and like, why are like no offense, but if you look at every Kazakhstani, every Kazakhstani boxer like Triple G, they're just fucking wild men. They're fighting, and then yeah. you look at their history and you realize they were Mongolians before that. They were Tartars before that. They were nomads. They were Scythians. Yep, they were always wild men, right? Right. Um, and then you want to get them drunk to see if it's true, right? And they just can't handle alcohol as well. Mm. So, <laughs> or uh, the fucking where's Khabib from? Khabib uh, is from Dagestan. The Dagestani, now, and, the, and what's the other region in, in Russia that's like fucking crazy that like they have a lot of. Uh, so you have Dagestan and you have not Crimea. Um, uh, oh my god, I can't. You know, you know, getting, you know what I'm talking no, about. No, no, exactly because it's the Muslim majority. It's the places close to Jordan mm-hmm. and Azerbaijan. You got Dagestan, and you got... Oh, I fucking can't... Uh, why why can't... No, it starts with a ch. Uh, oh, shit. Uh, not geez. Crimea. I keep saying... I keep wanting to say Crimea, but... Uh, Chechnya. Chechnya. Chechnyans. Chechnya. The Chechnyans versions of Russians are fucking but you have to out there, dog. They're right? not... And this is what's crazy. People need to realize this. And, and I don't like the way the UFC publicizes them, and I don't think they care to say anything. They don't really consider themselves Russians. Right. For hundreds of years when Russia was an empire... They were prosecuting and genociding those Muslims. Right, exactly. Because they were the white people who... Are we almost out of time? No, we're good. We're okay. Good. We don't have no end limits. Oh, uh, like, great. So they were the Russians that were being prosecuted for being Muslim because every time the Ottomans would attack Russia, those mm. Muslims would convert and try to help the Ottomans. Mm, so they were okay. being taken out. And that's why Chechnya always has people... Please look this up. It's called the, the Moscow terror situation. A bunch of Chechnyan people go to this Moscow theater, hold it hostage. Mm-hmm. And the Russians employ the first kind of sleeping gas ever seen. Really? The come in. Oh, it's a beautiful documentary because we didn't even know that existed. Even America was like, wait, you have mm. sleeping gas? Like just Damn. in the air. You can't even see it. And everyone yeah. fell asleep. They walked in there and fucking killed all the terrorists. But they want to be their own country because they don't consider themselves Russians. They consider themselves their own thing, their own ethnicity. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just easier, I think, Khabib to say, I'm Russian. Because if he said, fuck Russia, I'm Chechnya, and now you have no fans. Yeah, and he yeah. he's got to play the political game too because he still wants to go back to Chechnya. So, yeah. or was he from Dagestan or Chechnya? D- Dagestan? I think I I, I oh I don't want to say anything correct. If if I'll they're not in the same place, I think Dagestan is a city in Chechnya. If not, they're two separate states next to each other. Does that make sense? Yeah, they're in the same. They're in the Caucasus. Right, right, uh, right, right. Yeah, please look that up for us. Uh, but um, Chechnya is a state, 
And I'm pretty sure Dagestan's a city, but it could be a state next to Chechnya. Grozny is the capital of, of Chechnya. I'm looking up. Let me look up okay. da- Dagestan. Is da- so Dagestan must be a state. Next I think to it's it. like a probably like a, um, uh, a region next to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's like next to Georgia. It looks like exactly. Okay, the great. Republic of Dagestan. It's located in the North Caucasus region. Uh, Makhachkala is like the cas- Okay, yeah. The capital. Do people, people from the Caucasus are wild. Yes. Here we yeah. have Armenians. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, dude, the history of Armenia, I didn't even fucking, they didn't even teach me that shit in, in fuck, I took AP history and I never learned about yeah, the history of the Armenians. Kingdom dude. of Armenia like, was big around the Roman times. Right. And then they, they first Christian state ever mm-hmm. as official religion, then the Ottomans had them subjugated, and that is, and I hate to shit on religion, but the Armenian, Greek, Assyrian, and um, Kurdish genocides, all four happened at the same time during World War One, happened. In part because you want to hear a cool fact? I didn't know about this. Okay, <laughs> you're in the Ottoman Empire. Mm-hmm. You're a Muslim. You don't pay the teeth like Christians do. You pay a teeth, but it's like mm-hmm. fraction smaller. Gotcha. But here's the issue: Turkic, the language, is not the same as Arabic. Mm-hmm. So you will spend a majority of your school time learning Arabic to read the Quran. Right. That fucking Greek kid or Armenian kid in the same province as you. Doesn't need to waste his time, not waste, but use his time learning mm-hmm. Arabic to read the Quran. He can go to school for six more years doing what he wants. So he goes in for finance. By the time, and, and I don't want to say the genocide happened because of this. This is just one of the reasons people don't know. By the time the Ottoman Empire was faulting, all the minorities were more financially set than the majorities. Hmm. A lot of people in this country are worried about that. When white turns into the a lot of white people, they're worried. Once they turn into minority... Happens gonna, gonna happen very soon in America before 2050. Yeah. White people are not having kids. Mexican people are having kids. They're having kids. Yeah. But I truly feel like the next generation of Mexicans won't have a lot of kids. Because we'll be in the same. Because we're gonna be basically American at that point too. How many? How, like, no offense. How many Mexicans do you mean they don't even speak Spanish? They're just not with it no more. This guy right here. <laughs> they just don't. This guy right like, here. I had to learn Spanish in high school and in college. Okay, great. Like, so and 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 if I ask you how many kids you're gonna have, you're probably not gonna have too many because you're with it. Probably not more than three. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm not too worried about that. What I've noticed mm. is, and as long as America keep this, America changes you, motherfucker. Like like you ain't keeping 100 percent of your culture unless you're like Armenians are pretty good at doing that. I but feel, like yeah, I feel more American than I do Mexican. Yeah, a lot of and, times and too. a lot of Mexicans like, do. Yeah. And you talk to a lot of older Mexican people, maybe they can't speak English. You talk to every mo- younger Mexican person, they know English very well. I have a bit about this, or I talk about how, like, uh, a lot of the, the first people who come across here, like, they have a, a different type of work, work ethic and stuff yeah. like that. I call them 5 a.m. Mexicans. It's like the people who yes. really come across here. First generation when they get here, they still have a similar work ethic. I call them 7 a.m. Mexicans, like my yes. dad or whatever. I'm a 9 a.m. Mexican, so like means that means... <laughs> I'm naturally waking up at 9 a.m. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like, I'm yes. probably going late. Like, it's a struggle for me to wake up in the morning. Like, there's other people where it's just, like, it's fucking, like, no problem. Like, they're just fucking, they're, like, I'll wake up at 5 a.m. to get, you know, to go fucking pick fruit in, in, the, yeah, in, the, in the orchards and, and shit like that. It's a good you know? thing that that happens because that's showing progression in the society. Right. Because you do, even though some Americans would love that 5 a.m. Mexican to stay 5 a.m., that 5 a.m. Mexican can't stay 5 a.m. Because he worked hard. To produce a 7 a.m. Mexican, just to say it in your terms, right? Right, right. So, um, and it's, is that a bad thing? No, because, no offense, you turn into a 9 a.m. Mexican, now you're that 9 a.m. American, the white guy, right? I feel like, yeah, I feel like I'm the manifestation of the hard work that my 
forefathers Fuck did, yeah. did and right? And you know what's great so. about America? Once you hit the next step where you're making a lot of money with your wife, right? Or nowadays, divorcee. Cause <laughs> and you have kids, they can go for some shit like art. And right. <laughs> they can they can go down this like and then they can right. struggle living even though you even though so I always make fun of people like this you know how many generations work so fucking hard so you could go for school for something that didn't pay the bills right like think back to a time where your family was privileged all throughout history to do something you're doing that it's that very low and, percentage and, of people and I think people get confused with white a lot of white people have this that's fucking privilege yes call it white privilege call whatever you want <laughs> but that could be any race right because right. going back historically. Like the Japanese had their own class system. Let's say you're a rich black person, yeah, exactly. and then your kids are going for art. You might have been the first black person in your family to go art since like Crow Magnet Men. I don't know. Well, I mean, they, they had they had the, they, to be fair. Like different African cultures did have their own. Like, oh, of course. Uh, uh, but you know what I mean. Yeah, though. Yeah, yeah. It's like studying at a four-year university. At yeah. Right. Uh, at different points at different times of the world, like there's been centers of, of uh, intellects uh, and centers of like culture and art and oh, stuff correct. like that with, in different regions of the world. In Africa and Asia, Europe, uh, Middle East, the New World even too. Yes. I mean like freaking the city of uh, like the that the Mayans built and stuff like that, the cities that the Aztecs, that the other different types of The Aztecs of probably the most fascinating, the city in yeah. the lake. In a fucking lake. The, the whole myth of like how they... Uh, like the cultural myth of how they were created and stuff yes. like that, of how like they there was an eagle on a, on a on a cactus and they saw holding a serpent and they decided that's our place. Like yeah, and and like the the idea is that the Aztec people came from the north and migrated down because they were refugees. Yes, right. It's it, that whole shit is just so fucking crazy. Oh. Even though like in Mexican culture, a lot of people like like homogenize it to to make everybody seem like they're the Aztec. When but they're not. No, no way. The very slim minority were Aztecs. My ancestry. We should call them Mexica. By the way, Aztecs are actually their real name is Mexica. True. Spanish gave them the name Aztec a hundred years afterwards. But continue. Right. So my thing, my I was literally reading this probably like a couple months ago, like yes. at work, and I was just fucking bored. I was like. Uh, looking up like uh, the name of like the specific tribes where my family's from and stuff like that, and our people, the Puta Pecha people, were like one of the main rivals to the Aztecs. Yeah. So like, we did not fuck with each other at all. Like, well, actually, not true. They did have some trade amongst each other uh, between like agriculture. I think the Puta Pecha people had more like advanced weaponry. Sure. So they they trade weapons for like uh, for some agriculture or whatever. Traditionally, the Spaniards came across. And they they got a lot of the other smaller tribes and stuff like that uh, to to join their forces to attack the Aztecs Correct. because the Aztecs were enslaving a lot of those Correct. people, right? They dominate the Aztecs. The diseases wipe out a lot of people. Correct. Um, they send a messenger before the disease is wiped out. They send a messenger to the Puro Petra people, and they were like, "Hey, do you want to join us? Because we're going to take out the Aztecs." And they were like, "I think we're okay. We're chill right now. Like yeah. we're good." What happened is the messenger brought the diseases, killed over half of the population. Yeah, if not more, yeah. Half the population's done. Then they take out the Aztecs. They come over to the Puta Petro people, and they're like, and the Puta Petro people are like, we're fucking already demolished. Like, whatever you need, like, we don't want any war. We can't survive it. Like, we literally, we won't fight you because we're not going to make it. And so eventually they just decided to be, you know, to go along with the the ride of, and like, and then the history goes from there. Yeah. But like... Fucking, it, it's just, it's crazy. Like, history is is crazier than fiction it's, a lot of times. History is so <laughs> beautiful. And crazy. you know, what, let's get back on race real quick. You know what's the most racist thing in the world? Germs. Because germs <laughs> don't give a fuck 
what race you are, dude. They're here to demolish you. And, and that's people, people always wonder, like, you know, they like, we genocided the Native Americans. You got to understand, 90 to 95% of the Native Americans died because of disease. A Chinese guy could have came over and done the same thing. Yeah. Because remember, I mean, people don't notice, the Black Plague started in China. Mm. It got brought to Europe by the Mongolians, they think. But really? But the Black Plague... Okay. Have you ever thought Genghis Khan starts in the late 1300s and by the early 1400s it got to Europe? People don't know this. The Black Plague was in China, was in the Middle East. Here's the fascinating part, though. As the plague gets momentum, it gets more resistant mm. and more powerful. So by the time mm. I got to Europe, it was fucking powerful. Gotcha. Compared gotcha. to where it was. Gotcha. Um, the Black Plague was suffered throughout the world. So everyone that survived that, resistant, tough, all the diseases, all the plagues, how dirty people were. Oh, my history teachers go, Europeans were so dirty. That's when they conquered the world. Well, damn. If that's all the cost was, they wouldn't have cared. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. Um, but then again, Native Americans said, I didn't even know this is fascinating in my mind. Before Europeans came to Native, the, Native, the New World, mm. the common cold didn't exist in the New World. People didn't get sick like that. Yeah, it's, it's a different thing. Dude. Yeah. Dude, it's, think about that for a second. Think about a world where you just didn't get sick like that. Yeah, it's it's so weird. Like, and then it, imagine getting sick your first time in your first bloodline ever with the common cold when you're forty. You're kaput. Done. Your, your body and this guy just went and the guy who's given it to you just contracted smallpox and he's resistant to it because his family died out from it and he's the last survivor. You don't even have a chance. Yeah, it's just, it's like. Is it racist? Is my question. No, because <laughs> germs can't be. You don't. Do you see what I'm saying? And it's like not. It's not like these people understood that. No, they and pe- people get confused. People think, yeah. oh, they knew they were doing that. So you're telling me 14th century Spanish guys understand germ theory, but when they got cuts and they got infected, they're like, right. Don't right. know what the fuck that is. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? That just chop my arm off. Yeah, right? that doesn't yeah. make too much sense to me. Yeah, it's yeah history. It's like. Reality is stranger than fiction a lot of yeah, times, Yeah, exactly. Like, what, what it is. And, like, kind of what you're saying, like, kind of similar to with, like, the germs, uh, it's, I would say it's not, um, I'll call you back, um, uh, it's not, uh, prejudice or, like, a bad thing to say that certain people from certain parts of the world are, have certain characteristics that might help them survive their, yes, in, in their environment. One of the ways that you can kind of see this is, like, African-American people have, like, sickle cell anemia. Yes. Right? More commonly. It's way more common amongst the black population in America. Uh, basically, it meant that they couldn't get, like, uh, melanoma, right? They yes. couldn't get skin cancer because they're living in Africa. There's not shade. And they're fuck- it, the sun is, like, really tough in and Africa, And over time, right? the skin has developed to fight it. Exactly, exactly. So, like... Um, is it bad to say we have certain differences in that f- aspect? No, but in the grand scheme of things, that's like, you know, less than 1% of like all the characteristics of what you have as being a human being, yes. right? So it's like, yes, there are differences among us, but is it ultimately that important? No. Do we put a lot of importance in like these small min- minuscule differences? Yes, but it's like, we just we just have to understand and just be cognizant of like those things and just like kind of you gotta have to know the whole system that is takes place before you can kind of break shit down into that mm. you, you know what I mean like you kind of have to know all the different like puppet masters and everything that's kind of being pulled in, into play before 
you can kind of lay blame or like credit for one thing or the oh, other yeah, and well, stuff like that. I don't so. think anyone in history, if you talk about all the greats in history, right? Now, like I'll give you an example. Christopher Columbus, very uh, controversial figure nowadays. Yeah. You, Everyone looks at Christopher Columbus like he knew what the fuck he was doing the whole time. A lot of these guys... Yeah. Really didn't know what they were doing. Like, they didn't know the impact they had at the time. No, no, no great person other than Alexander the Great, maybe Julius Caesar, wrote, "Oh, oh, the shit I did. This is gonna change the world." No, no right. one thought that they did it, and then it changed the world. They didn't think like. I will say, some of those people who were, you know, colonizers and stuff like yeah. that back in the day. They didn't have respect for a lot of other people who, oh, like, they, they dude, took over. Dude, if you were going to leave... Right? Think about this. So, Let's say this. You're a colonizer. Right. Who are you? Are you a nice guy that decided, I'm going to take a risk and go across the ocean? Yeah, no. Generally, no. No. But, like, I've read the actual accounts from Christopher Columbus in yes. Spanish. Like, his actual diary yeah. notes and stuff like that. This motherfucker was taking native people, the Taino natives that were in the Caribbean. Yes. And was literally, like, the way he forced them and made them do what he wanted to is he would take their babies and like throw them overboard onto ships and have them drown yes and like so he like that shit i feel is like evil but but what if i told you that was the status quo back then right right is it evil because it's evil to our standards but if you look at 100 years from now the way we treat each other might be considered evil right but yeah, I, I, does that make sense? It's similar. It's, it's similar to what I said with like the El Salvadorians, how they went back there. Yeah. They, the Taino Indians were living at a level two. The Spanish, <laughs> the Spanish were at a level ten because they're coming from Europe where everybody's fucking with each other, yes, right? Yes, so correct, like, correct. So they just brought what they knew. They brought it over here, and then it just like it created a situation that where a lot of people suffered, like just just play, point blank. Like, yes, they suffered themselves, but they. Put, they kind of like push that suffrage onto other people into like, and they, they made it extreme. Yeah, in, but didn't the new aspects. world need to give me a scenario where the new world didn't have to, like, the, I feel like the new world had to have suffered, right? Every place suffers in their own way. Yeah, in like, their they, own like particular give way. me a scenario where they, they, like, give me a scenario where they didn't die from disease, like, they had to have. Because everyone talks about, we need multiculturalism. Well, in the best case scenario, the new world and the old world never discovered each other. Because the new world, from the second a sick guy got off the fucking ship, was set to lose. Yeah. It's it's tough to see. History is what it is. So it's very tough to to play, let's second guess everything and to say what ifs. Like the what if game, you can play for fucking ever. But it's like, a lot of times it's, we could sit here, we could argue, and we could talk about what we think might have happened. It just, it doesn't... And it doesn't long, really matter. It doesn't really I, yeah. fucking matter. Like, it, it, it is what it is. And, like, I have a lot of, uh, um, you know, restraints in terms of, like, being uh, accepting of some of that things just because there's a lot of cultural trauma that has happened in the past. Oh, of and, course. And we've uh, kind of uh, marginalized some of it, and communities have been marginalized because of that. Like, one of my big projects that I was talking about was, like, the caste system that I did in Latin America and how, um, basically, just, like, the, the, the more native and the more black... The, the black slaves were, like, the bottom. Correct. The next level up was the natives, right? And then the next level up behind, besides that was the Europeans, right? Correct. So, the caste system got so fucking intricate that, like, they had literally a name for every single type of... Uh, designation from mulatto to yes yeah but but then they got super specific so it was like if you're 
um, if your dad was born in the in the old world, came across and married a native person, their children is going to have a higher ranking than if you were a European ancestor born in the Correct. new world and had the same exact racial makeup. So like, there's like. It, it became so fucking complicated and complex that even it got to the point where they just had to like almost give up like the specific naming of it. There used to be uh, pictures and diagrams of the different like makeups of the different people that the Spaniards made to make it like a flashcard system almost so yes. that people would understand that stuff. But the Arabs so. were doing this. Everyone was doing right, this that right. were that were conquering. Things. So it's hard for me to say, it's hard for me to say like. Um, Cause like since I have ancestry on both sure. sides of it, it's like I can see both sides of perspective of it, and it's just I think the general scenario is just fucked up, but I I can't see a way where it's not fucked up. No, it like it had, and this is the thing too. But people get upset. Like, was Europe destined to colonize the world? But people have to understand. L- let me paint a picture for you where Europe was the underdog, right before. Europe, right before Christopher Columbus. Mm, I'm listening to you. Great. Right before Europe becomes a big shot, was it the top dog? No. The Arabs in the Muslim world were the top dog. Before the ba- right before the Battle of Tours, the Muslims were looking to get into France. They already had Spain. They had a lot of Southern Europe. The Greeks, bar- the Byzantines barely held them back. They had Northern Africa. Yeah, Northern Africa. They were looking to make the move. Mm. And they were always on top until one dramatic event. The Mongolians got their shit together, and God bless... For the Europe's that Muslim, the Muslim, all of Muslim advancement, culture, and everything disappears literally right after the Muslims take over. Nothing's ever the same until the Ottomans come around, which aren't even Arabic. That was Europe's time to shine. Now Europe's time to shine right after Constantinople falls, right after the Mongolian invasions. A hundred years afterwards, they go all right. Our the Moors kicked out of Spain. The Moors kicked out of Spain with the Inquisition. Now it's our time. Now they came around a time where the world was reachable. They had the technology. Does to that reach make it. sense? Yeah. So they, it's perfect time, perfect place, perfect scenario. And you can't fault them because what the Muslims were doing to the Europeans before back then, I mean, just look at simple sieges like we were talking about, right? If the enemy army touched your walls and you didn't surrender by the time they touched your walls, Everything's fair game. So they were in a game, if you want to call it that, where anything fucking goes as long as you win. Now, of course, they come to the new world. They're playing, you're right, they're playing at a fucking 10. You're right. Can you blame them for playing at a 10? All they know is fucking being played at a 10. And no offense, it's not like they see a 2 and go, oh. Right, they ain't going to go they, down. They ain't going to stop down. They just, right. right? So that the all of history is just cruelty on cruelty. Now we're at a place the idea that you don't have to worry as a man, you don't have to worry about being called into the army every five years to fight some fucking people who are usually just savages that are going to kill you. As a woman, to live nowadays and not have to see all the men leave your village and if they don't come back, you know what that means? It means you're going to get viciously raped, killed and everything and your way of life is over. Right. That's the average thought. And what happens to human beings when they don't have to worry about that? They bitch about how life's not fucking good enough. So, <laughs> do you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. there's this whole thing where the world was so evil back then, it's almost hard to complain now. It is, though. Like, I wake up every day and I just, like, I'm, I'm thankful for all the the, <laughs> the, the, the the gifts that I have. Yeah, 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 yeah. Blessings or whatever you want to call it like that. Like, I'm, I have a weird relationship with 
religion because of like I'm kind of like I like the the it's, if I have a, to put it into like perspective of like kind of a, um, like a business. I like the the regional managers, but I don't necessarily like the CEO. Okay, you know what I mean. Okay. Like sometimes like that, or I don't yeah. like I don't like the 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 bosses, the higher ups sure. necessarily. Um, the, my relationship with the Catholic Church is kind of like how a basketball player is on the edge of like making the NBA. Okay, I might like I might be a part of your team, but maybe only on a ten day contract. Oh, <laughs> like, you, you know what saying. I mean. I might only be there for a little bit. You know what I mean. So like. For me, because, like, I grew up so Catholic and shit like that, like, but, like, anyway, like, I have a, uh, I still have a, a connection to, like, a creator or being, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. I, I still use the term God. People can use whatever term they want to to put in the place, but every day I wake up and I'd say I'm thankful of that for, to God that I, that I have what I have, and, like, and things can be worse, things can be better, but my reality is my reality, and I control that. I like so, that. So, like, I, I... You can bitch and complain all you want to, but that doesn't change your reality at all. So it's like we've gotten too comfortable as as a country. Now let me ask you a question as about a country. Religion. We've gotten very oh, comfortable, and that's why we get all this. That's why cauliflower is racist now, right? It's actually it's just a good <laughs> sign to show how good things are. Yeah. People can worry about cauliflower and not think. Could you fucking imagine you're a Native American, the Spanish land? You couldn't even comprehend what the fuck is about to happen. Right. Everything, right? Other than if aliens landed right now, it would probably be about similar, right? If not, the aliens would be much worse. They but. literally thought Cortez was their god. Yes, like, coming but, back, and, and like. I did, and I researched why, <laughs> and that was because they understood the Spanish understood astronomy, which everyone did, and they could predict things that were going to happen. Mm. And once I tell you, oh, this star's going to move this way, and you see it, you think I'm God. So it was more tricky than it was. It it wasn't. From what I've read, it was sure. also the fact that the the native Aztecs actually had a prophecy that there well, was going to be too. A, a person who riding on like a strange creature, a four legged creature who has like paler skin with a beard or something like that. It right. has something like that. No, no, they had that, fish that on is it, part right? of it too. Right. Uh, yes. Which I, is the European to, look, which is right? amazing in itself. Um, and it's funny because one of the first things Spanish write is how the natives are taller and slightly bigger. Isn't yeah, that interesting. It's just crazy. Um, and that the women are much lot. more nicer looking too. It's kind of a f- much more. Not that yeah. that fucking helped the women in that case, right? Because right. we know what's going to happen. But <laughs> well, I think that's because the the Aztecs had such advancement in agriculture. I think a lot of no, the people did. were healthier. Yes. Right. They were eating a lot like a lot more healthier diets yeah. than, than uh, people who were coming from Europe. Because people were coming across on the boats, man, they were freaking malnourished like crazy. Like they, there's so many people that died on those ships, like oh, coming across. Like, dude, can you imagine being Vasco da Gama trying to do like whole trip around the world back then? Dude, could you? They were eating mice and leather okay. at the end of it. Oh no, yeah, and, and like, what's crazy about that is I always thought like, like, can I get to a point where I'm so starving I can do mice? I can understand that from just cutting weight and fighting. Like you get delusional. But what's crazy about that is like, you do just the amount your testosterone, your body, your biochem changes just because you haven't seen vitamin C in a few months. Dude, the fucking wild times, right? The, the British had such a hard time getting people on the ships. Mm-hmm. That's what they did with all the orphans. Yeah. Yo, you're an orphan? Great. You're coming over here. <laughs> you're set for life, my man. You know oh, what I'm saying? But it was with religion, though. My, I only have one issue with religion. Do I... I went to a Greek Orthodox church like four times this year, so I'm religious compared to most Los Angeles. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. All religious conflict happens 
there's religions that have a lot of conflict. There's religions that have no conflict in war, right? More more people have died for religion than any other cause in war, right? Mm-hmm. And it's because of one thing. There's a straight correlation. Why didn't ancient Greek pagans go around massacring anyone that was an ancient Greek? Because nowhere in the religion did it say, my God shall be the only God, my God before other gods. That's the only rule I hate. That First Amendment from Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. Because it mm. requires you... To dominate someone else, right? Yup. Your, your ideology has to yep. dominate. Yeah. And what does that do? Kills everyone. If yeah. they never had that rule... There's, a, there's one of the most beautiful stories people should read about it. When the ancient Greeks met the Hindus in India from Alexander the Great, Alexander goes up to this Hindu guy. He goes, what the fuck are you doing? All you're doing is sitting around meditating. He goes, because this is all I need to know. This is the world I need to know. He goes, no. As an ancient Greek, because Greek mythology teaches you go out there, right? Every right. Greek myth is about going out there and exploring. Uh-huh. You should go out there and take the world. That's the greatest good. And the Indian guy goes, no, the greatest good is to find yourself in the inner peace. Mm. And then you know what they both did to each other? They went, all right, you're an idiot, but I don't care. Right. Now, no one told me I'm, to kill you I'm for a, it. I'm going to do me, I'm you gonna do I'm going to do me, you do you. Because yeah. that's what people will naturally fucking do. Don't right. you love that? Right. Now, why did we lose that in translation with modern religions compared to the ancient world? I don't know, man. <laughs> I feel like it's just... Do you see my beef with it? Yeah, yeah, I, I understand. I have beef with it, too, because it's like the Spanish Catholic, like... Uh, like movement that came across the new world was not friendly to like the natives and of like and their not. beliefs and stuff like that. So it's like, it's it's so weird to me. And when I hear my grandparents and stuff like that talk about like they're the most like religious and and everything like that. But then I'm like, do you know the history of like what actually happened and what no. they actually promoted and stuff like that? They just they just they read the Bible and that's it. Yeah. Like and they just they hear what the priest tells them and what like the the Catholic Church tells them. And it's like they get one perspective on it, and it's uh, you get kind of shoehorned, and then it's like a team thing, right? Yeah. By the way, the Bible is so well written, and well, I put in quotations, and I mean the opposite that you could get anything <laughs> from that motherfucking book. Ex- right? Exactly. There's a lot of notorious shit that, like, dude, various shit that happens. You can in that flip it fucking Bible. both ways. Okay, the Bible is sixty stories written by forty five authors, and most of these authors did not have an education whatsoever. And they didn't communicate amongst each other either. They didn't, too. and and it was translated five different times with mm-hmm. languages that are so hard to translate. I've tried to read ancient Greek. I read Greek at like a seventh grade level. Let me tell you something. It's fucking tough, huh? Dude, the ancient Greek language in back then was tonal, like Chinese is nowadays, Mandarin, mm-hmm. where if I said a word in a different way, it meant a whole different thing. Right. How are you going to translate that onto writing? Right, exactly. So you're reading ancient Greek, and a lot of the words can have four different meanings. Yeah, language yeah. language is so interesting, too, cause just because I like I took a Spanish minor and like, I learned yeah. Spanish and stuff like that, too, and it's, it's so interesting, man. All languages are made up, so it's just like every rule that we have is such sub- so subjective. Dude. Right? Well, English well, English that we speak now, 200 years ago, they would be like, what the fuck are they saying? No, no. Go right? back, look up Middle English from 400 years ago, uh-huh. promise you don't understand a word. Right. Promise it's, you don't understand a word. It's crazy, man. It, and you know what's even crazier? If you, list, if you listen to the modern language theories now, Indo-Euro- Indo-European language... Was the first language that started, they think, in Ukraine, then spread. And it explains that 600 years ago, Farsi, Hindi, English, Greek, Spanish, all these come from one root. So at the end of the day, it was one language that spread all these fucking languages. And I promise you, if a Spanish guy starts speaking fucking Farsi to someone, 
They don't understand even half a word. Mm-mm. But 600 years ago, same language. So crazy. It's so it's, that's so crazy. Just because like I was telling you, there's a lot of Portuguese people that were yeah. like in the place where, where we grew up. A lot of immigrants came from from there, and they were like in a lot of farming communities. My dad was like comes from a background of like you know like farm laborers and stuff like that. Yeah. So he grew up in a rural town with other Portuguese guys, and he told me he would speak to them in Spanish, and they would speak to him in Portuguese, and they would about get about eighty percent of what yeah. they were talking about. That's such a trip to me. <laughs> like. Two groups of people from like such a different parts of the world, but then still kind of somewhat like mm-hmm. indirectly comes because they're both on the Iberian Peninsula. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah, the Spanish and everything. Yeah, it's it's it's. I find that so so fascinating. Now, but in California, no, yeah, they're doing no, do they're you, talking about that in California. You want to like, know a cool fact about Spanish? Yeah. I knew this a while ago. I told my Spanish friends. I haven't told you yet. Ten percent of the Spanish language. Is Arabic words? Oh, that I do know. Oh, that okay. I do know. Every yeah. word that starts with an A L A B, uh-huh. the word for pillow is the always example I use. It's like alwarsi or something. And I always yeah. tell them, especially, does that sound Spanish to you? Yeah. yeah, I'm like, does that sound Spanish to you? And they're like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> no, buddy. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> I I took a, a randomly. I took a history, a Jewish history class in okay. college. And we were learning about how the different Hebrew dialects, as they yeah. moved from different parts of Europe and uh, like from the from uh, you know the Middle East into different parts of Europe and into other regions, how as they they moved, they would adapt different languages and they would almost create like a mixture of different mm-hmm. languages, like uh, Esperanto and all these other different. Esperanto languages. Esperanto was created in the 1800s by a guy. Oh, Esperanto was different, but like yeah, he similar he ideas, yeah, similar ideas though. So it was like, um, I can't remember the names of them though, but like uh, in Spain and Italy, they had their own different dialect that wasn't Italian and it wasn't Hebrew, but it was, it was like a mixture of the two. Yes. So it's like, like anything, like language is like a, it's a, it's a constant evolving thing. So it's just like always moving and it's always changing yeah. and like connotations and the rules get changed and like moved around and, and, and all sorts of stuff. Esperanto so, yeah. though. But yeah. I want to get my fun fact about that thing now. Would probably be the best international language for any European. The guy who wrote it, he goes, I'm going to write the simplest language on earth for anyone from Europe. Mm-hmm. And he made it from, he took Spanish, he took Greek, he took German. He took all the simplicities of each language and said, let's do it. Mm-hmm. We learned a little bit in college. Oh my, I was, just the rules I learned, right? And I was right. like, the perfect language. <laughs> <laughs> nobody, nobody speaks it though. Well, he wanted yeah. to kick it off in the mm-hmm. 1800s. Then the French, that was the international language back then, said, uh, go fuck yourself. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, no. So it never came. And then uh, English took control. All right. Uh, he never. He could never get it off the ground. Genius thinking, though. So basically, we need to learn Chinese. Dude. <laughs> and and, and yeah. I hate to shit on it, but like, even Asian countries admit that their language... I'm going to tell you one story. So I'm not racist, because if I just say this, I'm going to be racist. <laughs> The Ottoman Empire... Anytime somebody says I'm not racist, it always comes out. Here's what I want to say. You ready? This is this is just a factoid. You can do what you want with it. Sure, sure, Turkey sure, becomes sure. a country in 1923. Mm. 10% of the country is literate. That's nothing. Right. Because they wrote in scripture, like the Arabs did. Mm. Uh, Father Turk, Mustafa al-Turk, whatever his name is, try not to memorize Turks. Uh, uh, he goes he goes if i change my language to an alphabet i think that would help the people Mm -hmm. he changes it and he makes turkish into an alphabet language 
instantly over a generation, more than half of the language, more than half the people can write. Mm. And that's the best example that an alphabet is superior than so, scripture. Like kanji. Than letters. fucking symbol. Symbols. You gotta yeah. learn fucking 5,000 symbols to learn the Chinese language. You just gotta learn 20 letters. 20, how much letters in Spanish? 24? We got like, we have a couple more just because they have the Enya with the, the, the N with Oh, the, I don't, yeah, yeah, the little pot. I don't count yeah. those though. Yeah. But there's, dude, alphabets are 10 times better just to get your shit across. Yeah. In Spanish, it was weird. They taught us that there was like a couple combinations of letters, like two letters together. Like two, two L's is a A Y instead of a L. Okay. And so, because it has a different pronunciation, that's why. Yeah. And then a C and an H is a, it, it's like it, I think that was one. It was there was a couple others, but like it was um, so I think it was twenty six letters in the alphabet, like in, in English. In English, we had like twenty nine or something like Are that. Are you sure? Twenty eight, twenty nine. Okay. Yeah, it was it was it was somewhere around there. And so there's a couple other ones, but for the most part, yeah, it's like it's basically the same. Like, watch if I like, I have like a um. Uh, like if I type right here, I have a uh, uh, English yeah. English language letters. I can change it to Spanish and see how it changes. They add the Enya oh, in there. Oh, I see. See, like they that? have a little bit of symbols. Yeah, they added the Enya on there. Mm. So, uh, but then there's some that like they teach sometimes. They don't teach all the time that are differences. Just because like sometimes traditional Spanish is not practical. Yeah, it's different. Yeah. yeah, it's not pr- exactly exactly. So they have the whole different form too, don't they? They have a little extra added. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. But um, anyway, I think we're getting we're getting close. We're like two two hours forty five minutes. Oh my this. god! Yeah, Thanks I, for listening, guys. This last hour and a half, fucking on our history, culture. If you're shit, interested in like history, language. I think you'd have been interested in the last hour. Yeah. Yeah, we fucking we touched on a lot of different stuff, though, man. I really appreciate your time. We didn't even get a chance to really like watch the UFC. I fights know. We'll watch it like Thanks for listening, folks. We'll, Mario, we'll, take us out. Yeah, we'll talk about it at another time. Um, yeah. I guess I'll ruin like the results and I'll tell you what happened. Okay, go ahead. Jimmy Manuel got knocked the fuck out today. And I was gonna probably gamble on him as an underdog. Yeah. He got head kicked by uh, what was the guy name? Uh, that he's a Serb. He's a Balkan it's guy. K I C is his yeah, last yeah. name. <laughs> he's a Balkan uh, guy. Yeah. I was here. I gotta show you this. Did fucking Gustafson knockout. win? Gustafson lost uh, fourth round. Yeah, he got retired. submitted. Okay. He got submitted in the fourth round and then he retired. John Jones was on, I was on Twitter earlier today and John Jones was just like I don't believe this is true but if it is congrats man like you've done you, you, he's you done know, a lot you've done a lot he, like, know, he knows there's wars. nowhere to go now he knows there's nowhere to that's go that's the thing though he's cause he's like he's already 32 and like he's been in the fight game for a long time for a while even though 32 doesn't seem that old like he was uh, he's been a he's been a little bit of like an OG but um here I just want to show you some sure, of like the, sure. some of the results though should we should we log out of this is this over Dude, uh, yeah. I love you guys. Well, well, well. Yeah, I don't want them listening to me watching <sighs> fights. That'd be terrible, dude. That'd be torture for these kids. Fair enough. Where can the people find you? Oh, uh, the last Greek on Instagram. If you follow me, I'll follow your bitch ass back. Um, follow for follow. Follow for follow, there dude. Go. That's how we got to do it in this world. There you go, man. Okay. All right, you can follow along. I am on Instagram and on Twitter at Puro Caballero, that's P-U-R-O-C-A-B-A-L-L-E-R-O for you gringos. That's how you spell it. Uh, learn a little bit of Spanish there. There's your history lesson of the day. Um, but yeah, we uh, follow along. We are on basically all the streaming platforms at this point, most of them. Uh, we The home base is SoundCloud. Just got onto Spotify a few weeks ago, so that's exciting news. Because before they were only like 
inviting like the big podcast, but then they allowed people to submit themselves in there. So that's pretty cool. So we're on Spotify. We are on Apple Music pod or Apple Podcasts, the podcast app. We are on the Google Play uh, app. If you go into podcasts there, Stitcher, that's another podcast app. Tune in radio. We're also on as well. So um, we're still fucking. I've been talking about this for about a year now, but the website's in progress. We're gonna get that up at some point. Uh, still work talking to my dude Mark. Uh, we'll we'll get that up and running. I gotta get a new logo and all that shit going. And uh, the Instagram right now for the show is like currently a work in progress, but you can follow along at at the Puro Caballero Show on Instagram. And uh, yeah. I think that's that's pretty much it, man. It is uh, June 1st. This has been episode number 53. I just want to thank you, everyone who's been following along. And for all my new followers, yeah, go ahead and take another listen back at, uh, you know, what we kind of had to offer in the past, man. We got a lot of shit. Um, yeah, I got a lot of different interests, as you can kind of tell, uh, on this show. So, basically, we'll... Uh, We'll kind of uh, hit you off with uh, a last uh, last little song as we hit you on the outro. I guess what was the first song that we had with? Uh, Lioma. Lioma by Constantinos Argios. There you go. Perfect. Well done. Perfect. All right, we'll get to you. We'll, we'll, do, we'll start with some Greek, one of some Spanish oh, sure. now. Okay. So one of my guys that I like a lot, you've heard me talk about it. If you listen to the Coachella episode, which was five fucking hours. <laughs> Uh, It was needed. There was so much shit that happened. Um, But yeah, I'm going to play you some Bad Bunny and some Tiny. And this song is called Callaita. So long until next time. Peace. Yeet. Mañana hay que estudiar eh, Pero llamo a la amiga diciendo pa' janguear eh, Tiene un culito ahí que la acabo de testear eh, Pero en bajita, ella no es de frontear Ella es calladita